106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Is Charlie Manson crazy? Well, whatever that means, sure, he's crazy as mad as a hatter. What difference does it make? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. Earl, members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. Nicki Minaj. You can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your spine, this is scary. You can't just innocently ask a question about something going in your body. I remember going to China and they were telling us, you know, be, you cannot speak out against, um, you know, the, the people in power there, etc. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand and we respect the, the laws here and, and, you know, that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's f***ing happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time? People will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question. Mission. Madam Speaker, I ask unanimous consent to address the House for one minute and advise and extend my remarks. Without objection, the gentlewoman is recognized for one minute. I've introduced articles of impeachment on President Joe Biden. The reason why I've done so is for his disgraceful actions having to do with Afghanistan, abandoning Americans, arming and terrorist nation, the Taliban, which is treason, giving aid and comfort to our enemies. But also, I've also introduced articles of impeachment for the national security crisis created at our southern border, which today is actually being invaded. But heading into this week, perhaps the most evil and disgusting thing that is going to happen in this 117th Congress is the bill that's going to be introduced that makes it a federal law to allow abortion up until the day of birth. This wall says, in God we trust. And if that is the case, then this Congress will reject this evil bill and protect the innocent unborn. If this nation becomes a nation where we have such a federal law that can kill a baby up until the day of birth, then God will no longer provide protection in his grace over America. Well, all right, here we go again. This is... Uh Lou Benninger with No Hostages Radio, and this is our 130th episode, and this will show up on September 25, 2021. Thank you so much for listening. 
I'm getting a little earlier start than normal, but a little later than I thought because I ended up meeting a new person on the phone who's going to help me uh, with some political stuff up here in our area. I want to—I don't want to talk about it yet because I want to surprise the government. So, um, but I had a really good talk with a lovely lady tonight and uh, met a new friend. So it's always a beautiful thing when you meet somebody a brand new person that's very smart and fun and a person of integrity and honesty so always like that they're not uh that uh it's not that often you run into them people that are uh people that are in it for the cause and philosophy and and don't have to be paid for everything and and they just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do so if this is your first time, we are happy that you are taking a listen to us. I just talked to a lady today whose son is wrapping up a term with the Marines, and she lives all the way up in Susanville. I'm down here in Yuba County uh, in the valley. She's way up in the hills, farther up north, northeast of me. And she was down here visiting some friends and heard us on the radio last weekend and and us talking about getting people exemptions and and uh, to avoid the vaccine. So she called today. I had a great talk with her, and she's trying to, uh, you know, they're they're threatening these military people with a less than honorable discharge, and which would you would sacrifice your benefits. And uh, so she needed some help. So we were able to get her uh, going in the right direction, and her son who like I say, has already served almost his entire tour is back in North Carolina and said, mom, I need, I need some help here. So moms are always available to, uh, help out even though their sons or daughters are in their twenties. And so thank you for listening. Uh, it's an honor that you would take time to listen and, uh, I'm not sure how you got here. Obviously it's a podcast. So the normal podcast source you can just go there. If you've, if you've stumbled on this through our website, you can just put in No Hostages Radio. But our website is nohostagesradio.com. And so you can go there and pick up all, all 130 of the episodes if, if you want to care to. Most people wouldn't have time to do that. But if, you, if somebody says, oh, I read this article he wrote, you can go back and look at the articles there as well hundreds of articles on that website as well. So uh, that same website, we we uh, piggyback on that with a an email that you can reach me uh, on, and it's just lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, or just like I gave out my cell phone number uh, over the radio the other day, and she was kind of chuckling at me that I dare do that, but I said, well, that's how you got me, honey. So uh, that's why I give it out, to help people. So uh, here it is for you, 530-713-1838. If you need help, find an educational, solving educational problems or exemption problems, vax problems, uh, addiction problems, uh, just dial me up, text me, 530-713-1838. I am on the left coast. So, you know, it's amazing to me. I talk to people once in a while, and they don't know that there's time zones. It's it just like, you know, I thought we got that squared away in elementary school, like there's an hour difference between the, your adjacent time zone, right? But it's okay. It all works out, and uh, I'm used to working 24 hours a day anyway. 
being up in the middle of the night, stuff like that's totally cool with me. I'm used to it. So thank you. Uh, let's see what else I need to cover. A few more things. Um, so we also do a live radio show now. This show pops up on Saturday morning early. And you can either, like I say, go to your podcast source or go, or go to our website. And then we also do a live show for those that are local and you have an old school radio on KMYC 1410 AM. Uh, or we now have it live streamed through a uh, separate source called Live, L-I-V-E 365.com. So if you go to Live 365.com on Saturday morning, at 10 o'clock my time, uh, then you can click on radio on the front page, and then you could there'll be a box that comes up and basically saying what radio, and you put KMYC, like K, K Marisol Yuba City, KMYC, and that'll pop up whatever's, whatever's on the radio at that time live stream. And so from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays, left coast time, uh, I'll be there as well. So uh, let's see, and that's called Live with Lou, but they won't tell you that. They'll just put it, whatever's on KMYC, uh, they'll, they'll uh, put that, they'll, that's what you'll hear at that time of the day. Okay, I think I covered all the details there. Um, if, I, if it comes to me later, I'll, uh, since it's, I'm not really uh, beholden to anybody on this show, I can do whatever I want, so I'll just fix it as we go along. I wanted to mention uh, that uh, I, I'm going to give you, if you're still looking for a place to put your kids in school, a lot of people are just still frustrated and, and troubled with the public school system, the government system. In fact, there's some clips on, on this uh, show tonight <clears throat> that are going to, uh, they're, they're literally teaching pornography in the public system right now. In fact, it's odd because for the radio show, I cannot say on the radio what they're teaching fourth graders in school. Isn't that odd? I cannot say on the radio without getting the boss of the radio uh, in trouble with the FCC. And they're teaching it to our kids at the fourth grade. It just it's shocking to me because I said, should I should I edit this or should I not? So on this on this podcast, I did not edit it. So you're going to hear it raw right off the, uh, towards the end of the show. But but for the for the AM broadcast, I got to edit it. And uh, so I have been um, let me let me just tell you that there's a school that opened up in the Yuba Sutter County's area that we're we're housing it out at the uh, the campus where I attend church at Church of Glad Tidings. And they didn't want to house it there because there's not really it's not really the best place. They got nice buildings, but they're just uh, it's people, people. Everybody wants to use the same spots. So um, I wanted to mention this new school that's opened up. I thought they had basically filled all their seats but I learned this the last few days that they they're still adding kids to the uh, the school, and there's some empty spots. So this is a K through 12 school, brand new Christian philosophy approach. No masks, no social distancing. It's a it's the uh, it's like being on an embassy of the United States of America in a communist country. On the embassy, you go by what the United States says. It's free. So in this school, it's it's a it's back in the freedom days at school. No, no uh, temperature tests, no walking, you know, not treating kids like 
prison inmates. So this school is called Embassy Private Educational Center, or EPIC, E-P-E-C. And uh, you can check it out at the churchofgladtidings.com website and just uh, take your cursor and put it over the top of ministries and you'll see a drop down and you can click on it. It'll tell you all about it. Embassy private educational center. And it'll also tell you, you know, what they're teaching, how they're doing it, what days of the week, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays in class all day. And they'll tell you the times, the dates. It'll tell you how much it's going to cost you. Uh, and, uh, so I'm just going to give you their phone number right now, 671-3160, extension 247. Or you can uh, look on the website. It's all there on the website, churchofgladtidings.com, and, and go to the uh, drop-down over ministries, and you'll see Embassy Private Education uh, Center. And then you can, you, can, you can actually enroll your kid right on the computer. Okay, you can just load it, load all the information up there, send it over. And uh, or you could email them if you have a question at epec at churchofgladtidings.com. Okay, so now I'm going to go back down to what I wanted to talk about first. And I I got a lot on my mind, but uh, other things. But I wanted to talk about schools. And basically, there's been a total collapse in the public school system, and it's been coming for many years, but it's been coming very slowly. It's like a leak uh, in a dike or in a levee, and we know all about levees here because it floods here. And if you—a leak can be start very, very tiny, 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 and then pretty soon the whole levee is slumping. So that's what's happened in our public education system, and the union is so strong in California— that they just simply have taken over and they're forcing through all these sexualized agendas and all these racial agendas. And to the point that uh, it's hard to teach just the regular stuff uh, because there's so much social engineering go on going on from teaching kids that even though he may be a male, according to how he was born, they're teaching him that he actually may be a female and vice versa. And the whole the whole nonsense about uh, kids, girl, you know, boys playing on girls' teams, using the same bathrooms, using the same locker, you know, locker rooms, uh, just you know, it, you know, honestly, most sharp people that have been in the education system for years, like Peggy Hall at at uh, thehealthyamerican.org, she taught for thirty years at UC Irvine training teachers. She just said you shouldn't even be trying to reform the system. Just get your kids out. It's dangerous. It's actually dangerous now. So they're they're teaching kids propaganda and dogma there that has nothing nothing to do with what you believe in. And uh, so I wanted to c- cover a few things here that compared. This is a article that compared Catholic schools. Uh, the the uh, outcomes of Catholic schools with public schools. <clears throat> and as you might imagine, the Catholic schools were qu- quite a bit higher in reading and math and about less than half the cost of uh, per student. So uh, they did some research and uh, let's see, middle and high school students, they looked at Holy Child School in Potomac or Potomac, sorry, Maryland. And, um, so they compared that with some uh, other schools around the United States. And I'll just give you basically the fourth graders in public schools scored an average of 219 out of a possible 500 in the NAEP reading test. That's a national assessment of educational progress. 
and the Catholic fourth, fourth graders did 235. Uh, so uh, then they also checked them. They did eighth graders. The eighth graders also were higher in Catholic schools than eighth graders in public schools. Now, these aren't cherry-picking schools in different communities. These are, ch- these are taking community uh, schools in the same community. Uh, so the, they're same type of kids are, uh, in other words, are coming out of the same pot, the same pool In math, uh, they, same thing happened. The Catholic schools in the fourth grade outperformed, uh, government schools, fourth graders, uh, for some reason, I don't think they compared the, uh, the high school kids, but basically what they showed is consistent performance. And, and you can look at these articles year after year after year, Catholic schools outperform because they're not focusing on nonsense. They're spending more time actually working on reading, uh, writing, arithmetic, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so it says, according to this particular table where they have all these uh, statistics listed, public elementary and secondary schools in the United States spent $13,834 per pupil in 2016-17. The District of Columbia, however, spent $30,115 per pupil. New York led all states, states, District of Columbia is not a state, but of all the, uh, as Obama would say, the 58 states, New York led all 58 states, spending $24,377 per pupil. Idaho spent the least. I was fascinated by this. I thought they would have been higher. They spent the least of all the states in the in the union, not counting, of course, uh, D.C., District of Columbia. They spent just $8,599 per pupil. So that just gives you, so we're back. If you forgot the first figure, the first figure was the average uh, was $13,834 per pupil in 2016-17. The average per pupil tuition in in, uh, Catholic parishes, elementary schools, was $4,400. That's that's less than a a third, I think, or about a third of what the government schools are spending per kids. So it's actually says it's approximately 74.7% of the actual costs of per pupil. Uh, Oh, okay. I see what they're saying. Take that back. Let me just say it a different way. So they're spending 4,400 for Catholic school kids and the government schools are spending an average of 13,834. So the way these Catholic schools work is the same way. A lot of Christian schools work. That's, that's the actual, uh, tuition uh, amount that they're charging, but then they raise other money and through other other ways like fundraisers. And so their actual cost per pupil for Catholic schools was five thousand eight hundred eighty-seven, and uh, compared to the government schools of thirteen thousand eight hundred thirty-four. So it's the, the public schools are paying an extra nine thousand dollars and having a poorer outcome. Now, if you've been around government very long at all. Uh, the, my motto for government is, uh, they, they are overcharging and underperforming. I'll just say that again. They're overcharging and underperforming. Um, so, uh, let's see the secondary school mean freshman tuition is 9,840, which is about 70, 70.6% of the actual cost of 13,939. 
Um, so that is, uh, so it goes on to say, which you probably realize and have thought of this many times is that taxpayers pick up the full costs of public schools. So if you are having your kid in a private school like Epic, E-P-E-C, Epic in Yuba city, uh, so folks that are sending their kids over there are also paying taxes to fund the pro- the public schools, and they're going over and paying more money to have a better education through a private schools private school. Uh, so it talks about it goes on to talk about here uh, how local governments could accomplish getting giving kids a better education by giving parents of every school age child a voucher. It's just like when uh, the GI Bill, uh, when when uh, our sons and daughters served in the military and they came home, they didn't tell them what school they could or could not go to. They could go to a welding school. They could go to be a priest. They could go to be a pastor. They could go to be a painter, you know, a profession, you know, like an artist. They could go be a doctor, a chiropractor, right? And they could just take their voucher from the GI Bill and go wherever they wanted. But for some reason, because indoctrination is so important to the United States of America, they have to be indoctrinated into socialism now that they force people to uh, they force people to submit to the system. And if you pull your kids out, they punish you by keeping your money. For instance, right now, if I could, I would like to to take the money I pay in and give it to a kid to leave the public education system and help him go to another school. Uh, by the way, President, all these Democrat presidents, President Clinton, President uh, Biden, uh, pres- you know, Vice President Gore, all these people, uh, all these Democrat presidents, President Obama, they all sent their kids to private school, yet they forbid the poor and the black people who most of their kids a higher percentage of black kids are stuck in these horrible schools they forbid them to go and they force them to go to government schools and uh, joe biden opposes says uh, uh, the conception of school choice which is a private school vouchers that would dest- and saying that it would destroy our public schools he's also against for-profit and low-performing charter schools and believes in holding all charter schools accountable uh, this is a, a quote from his campaign, he does not oppose districts letting parents choose to send their kids to public ma- magnet schools, high-performing public charters, or traditional public schools. So, uh, but he has a, a another. Uh, you know, it's like all the elite in socialism. You know, it's like in socialism, just like uh, animal, uh, the animal farm. It's like all the animals were equal. And in some animals were more equal than others. So that's the way it is with socialism. And that's the way it is with schools. So if you want your kids to do better, send them to a private school and particularly a private Christian school. And they'll really get some uh, training that, and they're not going to get any nonsense that any of the nonsense, it's just amazing to eliminate all the nonsense I'd be getting. They're getting so much more minutes each day, uh, studying things that are of great importance to them. So uh, we'll be right back. We're doing six segments tonight, and it will be back in just a minute. I got a few uh, educational clips for you, and then I'm jumping back in here in just about four or five minutes. Okay? Be right back. 
Good evening, everybody. I'm Bill Bonds, and here's a look at what's happening tonight. And what's happening is that the swine flu vaccination program ground to a halt from coast to coast today. There have been now 12 reported deaths so far, with victims dying just a few hours after receiving those inoculative shots. All of the victims were elderly persons, and all, we are told, died of apparent heart attacks. In the state of Michigan, the state health director, Maurice Risen, ordered a stop to all swine flu shots after three Michigan men died hours after receiving their vaccinations. Health officials estimate that 10,000 Michigan people have already received their shots, and President Gerald Ford told ABC Television News tonight that he intends to get his vaccination. Now we're in the process of making a thorough investigation, but there is no precise information that those deaths came about as a result of the immunization. While you were making this investigation, what should people do? Uh, from all the evidence I've seen so far, uh, people should continue. I'm going to do it as quickly as I possibly can myself, and our family will, because we're convinced that it's in the best interest of all of our citizens. Well, here's where we stand as of tonight. The Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, is saying that there is no evidence yet that they have at least been able to discover that the 12 deaths were connected to that swine flu vaccine. Deadly influenza pandemic or nothing worse than a mild case of the flu. Here in Thailand, their swine flu vaccination program has just begun. But in other parts of the world, serious questions are being raised about the handling of the pandemic. Health officials around the world had believed swine flu could kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions. They introduced emergency measures and spent in excess of $20 billion on vaccines. But now Wolfgang Vodard, head of health at the Council of Europe, says they got it wrong. Not only that, they were misled by the World Health Organization and unduly influenced by drug companies. The WHO, in cooperation with some big pharmaceutical companies and their scientists, redefined pandemics and lowered the alarm threshold. Those new standards forced politicians in most states to react immediately and sign marketing commitments for additional and new vaccines against swine flu and spend billions of dollars to catch up. France is one country feeling the prick of embarrassment. Officials spent a staggering $1.25 billion buying 94 million doses of H1N1 vaccine. So far, only 5 million have been used. Now the country, like many others that bought big, is trying to sell off surplus stock. Having committed to buy the vaccines, Dr. Vodag says health officials then sought to justify their decision. Never before the search for traces of a virus was carried out so broadly and intensively. Besides, many cases of death that happened to coincide with seropositive H1N1 lab findings were simply attributed to swine flu and used to foster fear. Nearly 13,000 people worldwide have died of the virus, the largest share in the United States and Canada. Officials say it's now peaking in Central Europe, parts of Asia and the Middle East. But it hasn't been the killer some predicted, when the figure of 12,000 is compared to more than 250,000 people who die of seasonal flu each year. Dr. Vodag says the H1N1 vaccine was not sufficiently tested and was needlessly exposed to millions of healthy people. Drug maker GlaxoSmithKline have responded by saying...
Allegations of undue influence are misguided and unfounded. The WHO declared that H1N1 swine flu met the criteria for a pandemic. Responding to it has required unprecedented collaboration. As WHO has stated, legal regulations and numerous safeguards are in place to manage possible conflicts of interest. The Council of Europe has decided to investigate his claims. If proven, the industry that profited most from the pandemic, the drug companies, may now have the most to fear. Tarek Basley, Al Jazeera. There's a couple of really strange things going on right now in Israel that we're definitely not allowed to talk about, right? So we're not allowed to talk about the fact that Israel currently has one of the highest rates of COVID infections on the planet. And you could say, well, poor Israel, and I'm sure we all do. But what we're not allowed to mention is that Israel also has one of the highest vaccination rates on the planet, right? They had 78% of their population who were eligible for the vaccine had the vaccine. And yet they also now are in the most trouble. They're the ones that are saying we now need to have a booster shot, that you're not actually going to be considered vaccinated if you've only had two shots, you need to have the booster shot as well. We've just heard that Sweden and Portugal are going to block travel into their countries from Israel. And finally, we're not allowed to talk about the fact that doctors are saying half of Israel's seriously ill patients who are currently hospitalized were fully vaccinated at least five months ago. So half of those in hospital with serious side effects from COVID were fully vaccinated five months ago, but we're still not allowed to ask the question, just how effective do we think this vaccine is? I suppose the bigger question is, when are we going to be allowed to ask these questions? Or, or is it just never and not at all? And, you know, one of my big problems is our vaccination of the military. Um, I'm a 10-year Navy surgeon. And uh, so I have Navy people and, and, and Army people calling me. Um, there were only 20 deaths of all the active duty in, tw in 2020 for COVID. 20, and all the services put together. They have a big now that they didn't have when I was in. They have a big epidemiologic base, and they can find out exactly what's going on. There were only 20 deaths. We're vaccinating everybody. And um, we've already had tumors, and we've had 80 cases of myocarditis, which I'm going to get to. But myocarditis has a, has, has a significant mortality, five-year mortality rate. I think it's 66%. So we, with the vaccine program, have ostensibly killed more of our young, young, young active-duty people than COVID did. Um, leukemia, another, another uh, blood dyscrasia, cancer. There's 48 per year on average in, in VAERS. We now are up to 229. Uh, myocarditis that I just mentioned. In, in 31 years of the VAERS, there were 317 cases. Now, this year, 1,113. So, so you can see the, 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 the ongoing numbers. And I can pick almost any diagnosis, and you will find the same issues. So the question you have to ask is, why, why are we not stopping this? We stopped many things for far less. We stopped working on respiratory syncytial virus vaccine because of 22 deaths of infants in the hospital. We stopped the H1N1 after 53 deaths or 53 serious adverse events. So we are now doing 53 probably a day. Why are we continuing to move on here? Well, in my opinion, um, I think you have to look at your worldview. And this is my new, 
my new thing when I talk to people. I say, if you know, if you think we're fighting a virus, you're going to act like a victim. If you think we're, fight, you're, we're fighting a war, you're going to act like a warrior. And my, my argument is we're in a war. Now, we have to determine it's a fifth generation, uncharacteristic, unrestricted war, but we have to determine who the enemy is. Here we go. Second segment here of six. And uh, these are about 20 minutes long if this is your first time with us. And then we have, uh, I have about four to seven minutes. uh, And then I got one big clip I want to play you on the collapse of the FBI that I'm going to take 10 minutes right out of the middle of a segment if I don't forget. So I hope you can just remind me, send me good thoughts. I want to mention some websites. So if you have something you want to either get your phone out and put them in a note spot there or write them down, uh, a lot of people are contacting me, and I'm just going to give you these these websites to help you because each week now people have been saying, hey, Lou, how do I get ivermectin? How do I get uh, hydroxychloroquine? How, how do I get a doctor? They'll do this, this, that, and the other thing. And uh, how do I find out what's going on and all this kind of stuff? So I'm going to give you some websites and and write them down if you wish or just take whichever ones you want. One is if you need a doctor, if you can't find a doctor in your locale that will treat you, say you come down with whether it's COVID or not, I don't care what it is. I, you know, I've, I've lived almost 100 years here and I never went to the doctor and say, can you tell me what it is, doc? Can you tell me what it is? Is it COVID? Oh, my gosh. I just, you get sick and you, they ask you what's wrong. I got a bad cough. My head's smoking and, uh, you know, my lungs are filling up, et cetera, et cetera. You just tell them the symptoms, right? So one place you can get some help is myfreedoctorsplural.com, myfreedoctors.com. I think what they're going to do there is do an over, you, you put in your name and stuff. They'll contact you. They'll do a uh, interview on the phone, uh, telemed, they call it. And they, I claim, they claim to be free, uh, my free doctors, right? And they will prescribe whatever medication they think you need. Okay, America's Frontline Doctors, or AFLDS.com. America's Frontline Doctors.com, or AFLDS.com. Uh, they will do the same thing, okay? Then there's Dr. Stella. M-D, D-R, doctor, D-R, Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A-M-D.com. She became famous uh, at the first America's Frontline Doctor meeting on the steps of the Supreme Court. And uh, she is from originally from Nigeria, is a very bright doctor, fired up preacher lady. And um, she has been treating people with ivermectin hydroxychloroquine and they're not sending anybody in the hospital down there in houston where she's from but you can go on her website you can you can connect with her or you can buy actually buy products that are over-the-counter products that are not these medications but other things that can help you uh, deal with the illness uh that they're calling the the, the list of symptoms they're referring to as COVID-19, which is a fraud in itself. Okay, then there's another uh, website to keep you up to date on the corruption and the fraud and the and the attempt to kill off millions of uh, world of the world's people, not just Americans, but 
if this is a worldwide assault to shrink the population of the world, the jab is killing people. And uh, so this is a great website. Uh, chemicalviolence.com chemicalviolence.com very good website and the final one is childrenshealthdefense.org it's dynamite you can set you can hook up with emails they will send you emails a number of times each week they're not just bs they're not just hustling money they're actually giving you one article after another article after another article about all kinds of things that are bad for your health. And right now it's a lot about vaccines or shots. Okay. Children's health defense, not, I call it children's health defense fund, but the, the website is children's health org. Okay. You got them. Those are all great websites. Educate yourself and pass them on to others, right? Uh, everybody. That's why also I'll give you one more. And you can use it from wherever you are in the country, but it's really uh, has a lot of information that's personal to California, like political uh, addresses for people we want to influence. But the information, the videos on there and the articles are uh, can be used universally in the United States about the whole covid fraud. OK, so this website uh, we just built right after covid started in early 2020. And it's called uh, Freedom Co., just like Freedom Co., C-O, dot net. Like Freedom Coalition, dot net, that's our Freedom Coalition Network. Freedom Coalition Network, we just shortened the word down to Freedom Co., dot net. And what that website is doing is instead of everybody waiting on the phone to talk to people that know just a little bit more than they do, we're just sending them to that website and they're just downloading what they need because most of what they need, they don't need to talk to a human about. They can just look at it or read it or down. Like I told the lady today that has a Marine son, I said, go over there and download, print off that uh, medical exemption. And then I gave her some instructions and, and got her on her way. So uh, I said, if you have any problems, dial me back. Here's my number. Okay. Okay, so those are my my sites. I as I mentioned uh in previous podcasts, this show is about equipping you. We're in a fight. We're in a war right now. If you think, "Oh, we're just going through a rough patch and then we'll get back to normal." There is no going back to that normal. It's just we're dealing with uh we're dealing with the scrap right now. And what I've said uh, is true. This is 1776 rebooted. Uh, point two, 1776.2. If you're not, you know, not everybody wanted to fight with England, but uh, people got fed up after over a hundred years of oppression and they took them, they were pretty patient, but finally they just said, we are going to declare our independence and we are going to write out a bill of rights. Now, let me explain something. You are not independent. And Nate, let me just say this, that the, the founding fathers delayed declaring independence for years because they didn't believe the country had the backbone to fight. And they were so screwed up fighting among themselves. We got the same thing in Yuba County. We have conservative people in Yuba County that have so many petty issues with each other that they cannot. So we lose one thing after another because they conservatives will not work together. And they have these pissing contests and backstab each other and destroy each other's opportunity to serve 
because they don't agree 100% with everything they the other person says or believes. So the so the founding fathers put this off until they finally said, we think we can do it now. We think we're, as a country, we're stronger now. We're more educated. And they, they wrote down a declaration that they now wanted their independence. Now, listen, you don't have any rights. You think, oh, I got rights. You know, you're, you're messing with my rights. Most people that talk that way, they don't even know how to spell the word rights. You don't have any rights that you're not willing to stand up and fight for. And most of you, unfortunately, are not willing to stand up and fight for a thing. Therefore, you're willing to just accept communism and they just walk in and take it over. If you'll go back and look at a, a, a video with a guy named Nikita Khrushchev from Russia, from the Soviet Union, he basically came to, and, and spoke that over America, that he said, we don't have to fight you. We're going to walk in and take this thing over. And that's exactly what's happening because most of you don't even know what freedom is. You don't even know what you're going to lose. And you don't even know how to stand up and fight, right? It's like asking a big fat slob to run the 100-yard dash under 15 seconds or uh, under 15 seconds. He just, you know, he just said, forget about it. Uh, I'll just uh, sit in the stands. And most of you have resolved yourself to sit in the stands and complain and that isn't the type of uh, government that the founding fathers left to us. They left a government that was later described. Not in, It's not even described this way in the Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights. Of the people, by the people, for the people. The, pe- the generations that are living today don't get that. And, and they're not involved. They don't vote. Uh, they, don't, they don't go door to door. They don't stand up for a candidate. They don't give to any candidates. They basically just says, I don't really care who rules over me. And uh, it's really sad, And and uh, but that's the way it is. Now, there's a group that, that is working just against what I just said, and that's the Yuba County Republican Central Committee. And they, they have gone from zero to 90 pretty quick. They took over. Um, a bunch of people started going to the meetings and demanded that they start, that the people in charge of that group uh, start following the bylaws that they filed with the state of California. They weren't. And so the, the people in charge quit and we have a, a fresh set of horses over there. And this is a great chance for you, uh, to uh, reshape the perspectives of Yuba County. Now there's 58 counties in California. If you can't get a handle on your County, don't expect to get a handle on the state or the federal government. You need to get a you need to get a handle on your county and replace those people that are serving. Now I'm talking about people that are hired and people that have been elected. You can get rid of people that are hired. You can just uh, put pressure on them to get fired, right? Put pressure on them to get fired. If they're elected, you got to put pressure on them to change or recall them. Uh, but the easier way is to just when they come up for re-election, just find another person that's a winsome person. And vote them out. And and I'm not and I'm talking about conservatives. I'm not talking about, oh, let's go vote out the Democrats. We we need if if we would have had strong conservatives, we wouldn't have had a bunch of Democrats uh turning this state into socialist country. We we've had we had conservatives that have just ripped off the government, sucked all the money out of it, and just not done anything and just been pushovers. So I uh, they just had a meeting uh, a few nights ago, 
and I heard it was a good meeting, and they're making progress. So uh, I just want to let you know I'm going to keep beating this drum. If you're conservative and you like conservative values, you're going to have to do something to preserve them. So I want to encourage you to get involved, and this is one spot to get involved. Now, uh, they're meeting on the second Tuesday night of every month at the Hallwood Community Church in a little area called Hallwood. It's not really an incorporated area. It's just an area called Hallwood, just east of Marysville. And it's at 2825 Highway 20, Hallwood Community Church. The church just allows them to meet there. And so uh, they get together at 630 for just a little 30 minutes of like refresh their, uh, they call it a social time. Uh, and then seven o'clock, the meeting gets started. So um, you can check out their website at yubacountyrcc.com, yubacountyrcc.com. Or you could email them at ycgop cc at gmail.com ycgopcc at gmail.com so um give them a shout get involved they're looking for people they're looking for five representatives from each of the five supervisorial districts to serve on the committee those will be voting members but you don't have to be a voting member you can just be on that you can be a worker and whether they, want, whether they want to do voter registration or raise money or support candidates or vet candidates or find candidates, all of that's important. And uh, it hasn't been being done for years because basically uh, Senator Jim Nielsen, who thankfully is going to retire soon, just ran that thing right in the ground. He put one of his staff members over it and just crushed it. So uh, I, here's, here's a website I just ran on to. And I think I ran onto it at the Children's Health Defense uh, Group. So it it's so what we're doing is we're finding all these employees calling in saying I'm going to get fired unless 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 after they've done, been great employees. Can you imagine somebody saying I, I've worked here for ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, served faithfully, came in when I was ill, did worked overtime, worked double time, you know took taking double shifts in hard times and that we're getting fired. You know why? Not because they're not a good employee, not because they stole drugs, not because they stole money, not because they were rude to customers because they wouldn't take a jab. That's going to kill them. Isn't that amazing? Seventh day Adventist hospital. They need to like get on their knees and repent before Jesus Christ for the, for the trouble they're causing their employees and forcing their employees to take, uh, to take, a poison shot three times now, one, two, and a, and a booster that's going to destroy their immune system. And they're forcing them. Otherwise, they'll say, oh, no, you don't have to take it. You just can't work here. You're going to lose your retirement, right? Oh, yeah, this is freedom. This is free country. You, you, you don't have to take it. You just aren't going to be able to work, or you're not going to be able to go to the movies, or you're not going to be able to go to your kid's sport event, or you're not going to be able to go to your kid's graduation, or, 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 or a hundred times, right? Or, you, oh, well, oh, you're not vaccinated? Oh, you don't have that app now on your phone? Oh, you don't have this? So there's a, a new group starting up called redballoon.work. Red Balloon, one word. A balloon has two L's and two O's in it. Redballoon.work, okay? And he, they say here, we connect employers who value freedom with employees who value freedom as well. We envision a world beyond cancel culture where employees are free to work. 
without fear that they will find themselves on the wrong side of their employer's politics. That's it. No agendas, no politics, no drama, just work. Interested? Let's create a new world together. Questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. So they have an email. It's email us at CEO. This is a brand new organization started by a guy that worked in the dot-com industry. Uh, you can read all about it. I'm going to give you, I think I have their, web, well, you have their website, redballoon.work. You can read about their founder. Uh, email is CEO at redballoon.work. The mission is to unite a community of businesses and job seekers who value and pres- preserve and preserve the freedom to go to work. It was founded in 2021 as a solution to the ever-growing problem of government overreach and cancel culture invading American workplace. Uh, let's see. We, it said, we pioneered Red Balloon to honor and celebrate the American liberties that make this country great. We strive to empower employers to preserve these liberties for their workforce and to place talented Americans into careers that will value their freedom and prior, prioritize their successes. Okay. So that's that, redballoon.work. Okay, I got a call this week from a Vietnam vet that's connected with this show, and he said, hey, I heard that the, the feds are blocking people on the highways and checking them for whether they had the vax or not and then doing something with them, or I can't remember the rest of the story. I don't think that's true. I don't think there's any blockades here in America at this time. There may be in Australia, um, in Vietnam, it's... Uh, it's full-blown communism right now in Vietnam. People are starving to death. I know I'm going to just say some things. You're not going to believe it, but that's just because you're ignorant. That's all. I have a privilege of I'm working over there. I'm not traveling there now because of the plane stoppage, but but I'm working with people there. People are starving to death. We're sending relief money over to buy people food because nobody's working. All the stores are closed. The pharmacies are even closed. There, You can't go down the street even though that, you know, like when they tell you to stay off the street, but the streets are open, they're vacant. These streets are open. These streets are vacant and they have blockades across them, big wire framed, framed units with wire across them. And the military is all all up and down the streets. They're blocking the streets. You can't go and take your motorbike or a car or go anywhere. Or buses aren't running. None of the mass transit's running. It's bad, bad, bad. People are dying. I have a friend right now that's just a young father who took the jab because he got so frustrated he couldn't go anywhere and do his work. He is at death's door with the equivalent of leukemia because the jab is damaging your platelets, which is your coagulation mechanism, and he is at death's door right now. He may have already died. He's only 30 years of age. He was healthy as a horse, never had any health problems. He's a young father, got several kids wonderful wife. I've met them all. I know them personally. And he, in a weak moment, he gave in thinking, I just, I just need the freedom to go right. They're lying to you. Remember the freedom used to be, if you'll just wear a mask, right? You can go wherever you want, right? Wear a mask. Then it was, you just have to take the shot, right? Then, then you can eliminate social distancing. You can eliminate this. You can let, you know, we'll give you back your freedom. If you'll, if you'll just take the shot. Well, then it became two shots. Right now, Fauci just said it's not only two shots, but now you have to have the booster. The boosters are going to be coming every few months, and uh, eventually you're just going to drop dead from the whole thing. But uh, and some people are dropping dead from the initial shot. Their system just blows up. So uh, this entire thing 
uh, it never started. This isn't a thing. Oh, we didn't understand what was going to happen. Oh, well, now that, you know, all the experts, we have to adjust. We have to fix this. We have, no, no, they knew all along. It's been a plan all along. This entire thing was to prepare you to take the shots. And now you've got a social distance. You have to wear the mask. You have to take the shots. You've got to take everything. Da, 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 da. So it's it's all been lies, bait and switch, move the goalposts, lie, 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 lie. Fauci is a liar. He's a criminal. He needs to be hung uh, along with the rest of these, all these doctors that have compromised their ethics, compromised a hypocritic oath. They need to be tried and hung just like the uh, doctors were in Nuremberg. Uh, OK, second segment gone. We're, we're going to take, I'm going to take a swig of iced tea, and then we're going to do the third segment. Okay, how about that? Be right back. Two kind of people I just can't stand. Evil-hearted woman and a blind man. Don't you lie to me. The seat taken? Oh, no. Oh, I love your camo. Oh, shoot. I forgot I even had it on. Just got back into town. Mm, from where? Ninevec Island. Up in Alaska, grizzly bear hunting. Wow, that sounds really dangerous. It's dangerous, but that's how us real men like to live our lives. Was it dangerous when I went spearfishing for bull sharks in the Congo River? Spearfishing? Was it dangerous when I took down a fully grown razorback pig that was charging at me and my baby brother, put her in a headlock? Oh my God. Was it dangerously challenging? When I built my mama a house with my bare hands before the cold came. That's so sweet. Danger is what fuels a real man. You know, true masculinity is a lost art. And this real man would like to get this real beautiful woman's phone number. Okay. Only because you're a real man. <laughs> Got an upside down caramel macchiato with extra keto chocolate chips on the top. Add a dash of cinnamon, two Twizzlers, substitute whole milk for soy milk, and the soybeans are now in the whipped cream with extra sprinkles for Greg. That's Greg with two G's. Sorry, I can see you. That camouflage isn't real. I think that's your order. What, a real man can't get his favorite drink at his favorite coffee shop? Come on now. Your phone? It's nice meeting you. Uh-uh. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off, you could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Sun Tzu's The Art of War has influenced leaders and politicians all over the world. But now General Mark Milley has updated the text, tossing out all the important stuff and replacing it with treason. Go to war the progressive American way with these valuable insights. 
If there is enemy that must be destroyed, pick up phone and give them heads up. It's only fair. If commanding officer send mean tweet, there's no need to follow order. Keep your friends close and your enemies on speed dial. General hmm. Milley has drawn from years of experience and cowardice oh. to bring the art of war into the 21st century. Hmm. Treason, not really treason. If it's lesser of two treason, the supreme art of war is to surrender to your enemy without fighting. Attack the enemy when he's unprepared, but also prepare the enemy. Not in the military and never going to war? Don't worry, General Milley's The Art of War still has tips for you. True knowledge can be found by knowing thy enemy pronouns. Do not threaten enemy, collude with enemy. Give hugs and kisses to enemy. He who turns on bad orange man gets big book deal. Cha-ching! Order The Art of War now and receive a free recording of General Milley on the phone with a Chinese general. Hello, China. OMG, Trump is looking really like crazy right now. I don't know, maybe gonna launch a nuke or something? Just calling to give a heads up because we're besties, right? O oh wait, no, no, he's not going to war. I think he's just ordering a Big Mac. Okay, well, I'll hit you up if he does anything else. Okay, bye, love you. Order now or you bring dishonor to my whole dynasty. General Mark Milley's The Art of War will turn you from a hero into a zero. Call now. third segment uh, i want to start off with a quote from a guy i just watched a documentary on a guy named ben ferenz <clears throat> there, there's been movies made about this guy he is the <clears throat> he, he was an army he fought all the way through uh europe actual was a military uh, grunt in the army ben ferenz he's a uh, immigrant from prussia in the united states he was raised in a basement of a house very very poor but he was a super bright kid. He was identified as a gifted kid in school. And his very poor parents, his dad was a janitor, uh, were told by the teacher, this kid's very gifted. He needs to go to college. They strived and he got him into college. And then he studied. Uh, he ended up studying law at Harvard and went into the military and fought uh, tooth and nail all the way through all the major battles of Europe. His name's Ben Ferenz, F-E-R-E-N-C-Z. Ferenz. And uh, but Ben, uh, they knew that when when the war ended and part of his job uh, at the end of the war was to document each of the concentration camps, each of the death camps and uh, document what happened there. And as he finished and went home to the United States, the Pentagon got a hold of him and sent him a dear sir letter <clears throat> and asked him to come back to Europe. He was just engaged to be married and said, uh, will you come back and we need you to, to help with these trials. We're going to try the criminals, the nurses, the doctors, the, uh, the key military uh, leaders. We're going to try them and we want you to uh, put together some of the, uh, the cases. That was the first case he ever tried in court. And he, I think he tried 27 people and every one of them were found guilty. 
I, I watched a one hour documentary or maybe it's 30 minutes, but he's, there's actually been full movies made about this guy, a wonderful, humble guy named Ben Ferenc. And when I, the interview I saw of Ben Ferenc, F-E-R-E-N-C-Z, he was 100 years old, dressed to the T, suit on, hair looking sharp, and uh, just as thinking was just crystal clear and telling uh, the story. And what a what a wonderful guy he, he is. Kind of a little socialist for me at the end, but uh, anyway, God bless him, a wonderful guy, and did a, a wonderful uh, service to the country. Here's what he said, which I liked. He says, people get discouraged. Have you been discouraged during the last year or so? Yep, bet you have. I have. People get discouraged. They should remember from me, he said, it takes courage not to be discouraged. It takes courage not to be discouraged. It's sometimes you just have to grab yourself by the back of the collar and just pull yourself up and just say, you need to just push on, baby. And he said, uh, when it, I mean, he literally looked at millions of carcasses and and dead people and near-dead people. And he says, people get discouraged. They should remember from me. Take it from me. It takes courage not to be discouraged. Now, uh, I want to go on, and, and I want to mention to you, uh, this is an article I just saw. This is how uh, the government is, is monkeying around in the whole cabal. There, there's... This isn't just the U.S. government. This is a group of people that are uber-rich, the Bill Gates of the world, the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, uh, these people that they have, they got so much money and so much power, they want to play with people like they're little hamsters. And they're, so one day you wear a mask, then they have to, oh, well, you don't really have to wear a mask. Then it's two masks. Then it's, we have to wash your hands incessantly. And then you have to stay in your house. And then, but, but it, like in the recent Emmy Awards, if you notice, no, none of the Emmy Award, the, the celebrities wore anything, but all the, the servants at the Emmy Awards had to be masked up, right? But the, the, but the, uh, the anointed people, the elite people, the the rich people they don't have to follow the same rules that the small people have to have to follow. So now we have the football season just started, right? And uh, I haven't been watching it, but I I'm aware that it started. So it says here report seven hundred plus Bill fans Bills fans Buffalo Bills utilized refund after COVID vaccine mandate. So what happened prior to the season? Rules stated. You only had to wear masks in the concourse area and in indoors at Highmark Stadium. At your seat outdoors, no mask required. But after videos surfaced with with most attendees not even obeying any of the rules anywhere, the rules changed. Right? They're just jerking you around. This is called a psyop. It's a psychological operation where they just break you. They just keep wearing on you, wearing on. Or do we have to wear? Do, how many times do we have to wear a mask to go to that? Or do we have to do that? Or we? Where do we have to sit? Oh, do we have to sit six feet apart? It's just constant. That's not freedom, people. That's like being in prison. If you've ever been in prison, oh, where can you sit? Where? Oh, like when I was at Folsom Prison for a walkthrough one day. When we when we walked down the the hallway, the prisoners all had to move to the side, and their shoulders had to be touching the wall as they walked. That that's that's a, that's what's happening in the free world right now. 
Now, fans must be vaccinated at least partially for a few weeks and then have to be considered fully vaccinated with both shots by October 31. These are like ticket holders. People had already bought tickets, some season ticket holders. Now they're being told, well, these are neither now. Yeah, you bought tickets and you can come. But you really have to you have to go get vaccinated and you have to do all these things. Right. And remember what I said? Yeah, you have freedom. But in order to have freedom, you have to get the shots. Right. You don't. But you have the freedom to not get the shots. So now uh, it says here, if fans choose not to follow through with these new rules, they have a limited window to get a full refund on their season tickets. Well, thank you, Jesus. Right. I don't know how much season tickets are. What are they? Five thousand, ten thousand dollars for these these seats. So they're like, I hope everybody. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody just turned in their season tickets, said, "Want my money back? I'm just going to watch it on TV, dude." Right. So so far, 762 total fans at that at the uh, Buffalo Bills had given up. Now the sad thing is, many of these people are going to go get vaccinated, and and you know there's nothing you can do about it. They're just they they swallowed the pill. They swallowed the pill and they think doctors in this country would never do something that, that would kill me or kill my child, right? Remember those days? I just watched a one-hour documentary on the nurse, the Nazi nurses. I, I, I was, normally I can't stay, my attention span, maybe if I smoked weed, I could stay focused for an hour. But my attention span is, for an hour? Oh, baby. I got to really dial it in. I was spellbound watching a video on YouTube on the, the, the history of the Nazi nurses that murdered hundreds of thousands of people. Germans, Germans that like Down syndrome kids, kids that uh, had different birth defects. They would if a, if the kid was born, he had a birth defect, they'd kill him. This is the same thing China's been doing for years when I was over there. They have, they have, they just get rid of all their kids that have any kind of problems, like one short leg, one arm, uh, you know, anything cleft palate. They just send them to an orphanage and ditch them in China. That's what happens. You didn't know that. That's just because you don't know that. Don't blame me. That's not my fault. So, but in, in these really bright PhD nurses in the United States of America have done all this research and they're teaching at the highest universities in America and done all this research on the history of nursing around the world. And they were, it was amazing. I mean, there were actual videos of nurses uh, and how they went about ending people's lives, poisoning them, killing them, injecting them. And uh, it's unbelievable. So if you think right now that you can just trust the medical profession, they are not trustable any longer. Your local hospital is not trustable. Peachtree Health is not possible. Amp, uh, uh, trustable. Ampla Health. Your local places are not trustable. We have doctors that are saying, just take the jab. Just take the jab. Just take the jab. There are thousands. And the fact is, the government of the United States of America is hiding the statistics of all the deaths. Hiding the statistics of all the, the blood diseases now that people have. Hiding the statistics of tumors that have been triggered by uh, these shots. Hiding the statistics of thousands and thousands of people going into hospitals with shingles and Bell's palsies and uh, tum- uh, 
blood clots on the brain and myocarditis with myocarditis, which I I've been told is a uh, an inflammation of the heart, which once you get it, you got about five years to live. And it's a huge problem among young people taking the shot. And there's various inflammations of the system. Now, the U.S. government is hiding those statistics and only whistleblowers are bringing it out. Now, I'm wondering, you may wonder about wherever you're living, about your own officials. Have you wondered if they have a conscience? Do you have a conscience? Have you ever felt bad about something you said or did? And maybe had to go back and apologize or straighten it out, right? Maybe it's something with you, the person that you're married to or children that you have or people that you work with in business, or maybe it's an old friend. You have a conscience, right? And even there's been criminals that have had a conscience and gone back later and said, you know, I really committed this crime. Their conscience bothers them. It's, a conscience is from God. And the Bible says if you keep resisting your conscience, that, that uh, your, your actually conscience can be seared like with a hot iron where you don't you no longer feel anything. You just rip people off, steal from people, screw people, right? And just don't have a thought about it. Like to hell with them. And so that's what they the count that's what the two supervisors boards of Yuba and Sutter County did when they instead of uh thinking about the people that they represented, which are people of Yuba Sutter County, they do not represent the people of California. The Sutter and Yuba County Board Supervised. They represent residents of Yuba and the, those who voted for them out of these two counties. They don't represent Solano County, Shasta County, Siskiyou County, San Francisco County. They don't represent any of those people. They could have withstood this thing to shut all these businesses down. I'm wondering if any of the 10 supervisors are staying awake at night. Maybe they have acid in their stomach. Do they? I don't know. Do they care that they broke the back of families? Thousands of families in our community broke their backs financially. Some people killed themselves. Some people divorced their spouses. Uh, some kids killed themselves. Some kids dropped out of school. Do, is there any conscience there? I, I, I don't. Is there any remorse? Uh, would they even consider taking their salary and donating it to help people financially? That they, they ruined their lives. They ruined their lives. Uh, I don't know. Do you think they're accountable? Many of the I've, I've watched, I've been watching film after I used to, when I COVID first started, I, I began to read the book of Nehemiah and I wrote, read about Ezra and I read about Esther and read about Daniel living under very difficult times and what, and how they, what they did. Now I've been looking at all the films I can of, of the third Reich, Nazi Germany and why they did what, why the people did what they did. Even the worst of the worst of the worst Nazis said, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I just did what I was told. It was legal. It was legal. It, we made a law that the, the Jews were dirty and that they need to be eliminated. Do you know that the, the first people, do you remember when the vaccine was just declared and, and you thought it was magnanimous when they said that we're going to, move the elderly people and the blacks to the front of the line. Do you think that was a positive thing? Do you think that was preferring them? It was not. It was not. It was to kill them. Why? Why? Because do you see any blacks a part of the cabal, the, the international cabal? Do you see any, see any Mexicans? 
you know, Fauci's not a black or a Mexican. Gates isn't black or Mexican. Looks pretty white over there to me, folks. So when they say they're going to put the blacks to the front of the line, you know, the blacks, the low, they're the, some of the lowest percentage vaccine takers in the country. You know why? Because they've been experimented on for years. You know, that uh, all through the 1900s, there were mass sterilizations of black people. They called them idiots. They had different categories. These aren't just slang terms. These aren't just pejorative terms. Idiot, imbecile, moron. Those are actual uh, you can look them up. There's a definition. There are different definitions of each one, and there's different levels. And in the science books, they had entire explanations of the different levels of imbeciles. This this imbecile could do this, couldn't do that. And they wanted to eliminate them, and they sterilized them. If they let them live, they sterilized them. In this country, the Nazi Germ- German Nazis came to the United States. It wasn't the other way around. We didn't learn how to kill people from the Nazis. They came to America to look at our camps that we had set up in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way up to the 70s. You know, in some states in the 1970s, it was it was legal to forcibly sterilize a woman. Did you know that? And they would label uh, black women ne'er-do-wells and loose. And uh, they would sterilize them so they couldn't reproduce. And so in the 1930s, all the way to the early 1970s, they convinced black gentlemen that they were going to give them free health care if they would do experiments on how to stop syphilis. And they injected them. In some cases, they told them that they were going to prevent syphilis, but they actually injected them with syphilis. If you, I don't know whether you've ever read about how gnarly syphilis is. In, in this county, Dr. Fong Lu, Dr. Mingala of Yuban Sutter County, chose to ignore syphilis and ignore people that had syphilis in this counties to focus on people that had COVID, which is a total fraud. 98, 99% recovery rate. People don't recover from syphilis. You get syphilis, your body does not, you got to take penicillin. You got to deal with it. Or it will cause you to go mentally ill and kill you. It'll actually cause your baby to die if you, you're packing a baby inside. But our Dr. Mingla Lu chose to ignore syphilis, tracing syphilis patients and fixing them, and just focus on COVID. You think that's evil? Folks, if you can't figure this out for evil, uh, there's, I'm, I'm glad you're not in charge of our law enforcement and judicial system because you can't figure out evil. This is big-time evil, and she's big-time evil. She just, you know, you got to get over the white coat, folks. It's, you got to look at their behavior. you got to look at people's actions. So, uh, so what we have is a problem with they're trying to uh, kill people and that's what's going on this is a this is a, a a project it's been it's actually written down you can see bill gates at a ted talk actually say we need to reduce the population of the world and we're going to utilize vaccines to do that these i've watched it a number of times if you have a problem and you can't get around to watch it but you don't believe me Go listen to a different podcast. You're just wasting your time. Listen to a comedy show or go have some fun before you drop dead. I want to, I want to read this to you because I, I started talking a little bit ago about supervisors, whether they have a conscience. Ann Rand 
said in 1957, she wrote this in 1957, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, when you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods, but in favors, when you see that men get richer by graft and by pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. People, we are screwed. We're doomed. We're screwed. Because this is a description of our, of our legislature. This is a description of our judicial branch. Our judges, is, is, they're more corrupt than the criminals we have in jail. Our supervisors are more corrupt than the criminals we are holding in Yuba County Jail. I just drove a poor guy that's a heroin addict to a rehab this week. He's a nice guy. He tried to serve in the military. He got roughed up in the military. Got in some rough combat situation. That guy did time because he's done some things wrong. He They, they prosecuted him. They found him guilty. Good for them. They did the right thing. Our supervisors just destroyed thousands of people's lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? Over a nothing burger. They just did what they're told. Do you know why they did it? In every instance, whether it's city council, supervisors, legislative, assemblymen, senators, they did it because they were paid. They took money. They're prostitutes. In fact, Jim Whitaker, who was a supervisor until recently, said at one of the supervisors' meetings at the end, since we've got all our CARES money, can't we open up all the businesses again, right? What was the big dynamic word there? We got all our money. We'll be right back. We finished half the show. We got our fourth segment coming right up. imagine being there either on that flight line in Kabul or sitting on a base somewhere here knowing you could be called up next and know that th this is who's going to have your back or more importantly who isn't and listen th on the excuses part this is the only president really that did not inherit this war yeah right because I mean even with George W. Bush you could say it's the incompetence of Bill Clinton th that could have squashed this thing to begin with mm -hmm. and and pretended to try but Joe Biden was vice president he, he helped preside over the, the the disaster that was Iraq. He opposed the troop surge, which was the second time we ran the Taliban out of the country just for Obama to claim victory for 2012, not actually win the war. Right. I know that well. I sacrificed a couple of legs for that. You're welcome, Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. hey, I'll give that to you, bud. But at the end of the day, this guy was vice president for eight years of this war. And you want to say you inherited a situation? <laughs> like, come on, man. The administrative state is openly hostile to the Constitution. It allows for myriad methods of policymaking. In reality, at the end of the day, it represents a return to pre-constitutional government. The administrative state today is, rather than the aristocracy that the progressives hoped it would be, simply an oligarchy. It's the rule of the few for their own sakes, a distinct and insular class of people, rather than a trained elite, corrupt and distant from the people whom they rule. 
They're supported by a coterie of clientele groups who depend upon the modern administrative state for privileges and benefits. The average person in this system is systematically and fundamentally disenfranchised. Policy is not made for his benefit, and he is largely unable to control the machinery of the state. In sum, the administrative state is the antithesis of constitutional government and cannot even live up to the expectations of its progressive founders. The administrative state intrudes upon even the minutest aspects of people's lives. The federal government dictates the amount of water that you can have in your washing machine and in your dishwasher. The federal government dictates the content of the light bulbs that light up your house in the evening. They dictate the composition of the spouts on the gas can that you use to fill your lawnmower. They've determined that the ordinary gas can spout allows for too many fumes to escape. And so instead, they created a system which is all but impossible for the ordinary person to use and probably causes more spills anyway. The federal government dictates to the manufacturers of step ladders the angle at which the ladder must be placed when they test it for the sake of determining its weight rating. Meanwhile, we might note, the administrative state seems to be sincerely uninterested in performing the tasks that our founding fathers expected legitimate government to perform. Major cities have chronic amounts of unsolved murders, which they never seem to bother to get to in many cases. The city of Detroit discovered several years ago a backlog of thousands of unprocessed rape kits that took more than a decade to finish. The mayor of Portland, Oregon, seems perfectly content to allow Antifa to take over the streets of the city and to enforce the laws themselves. And Portland is one of a number of examples of progressive cities on the West Coast, which also seem perfectly content to allow their cities to become mountains of drugs and human excrement. At the national level, our government, or at least much of our government, seems to be deeply unconcerned for maintaining our territorial integrity in the face of thousands, if not millions, of illegal immigrants coming into the country, and thus unconcerned with protecting the basic sovereignty of the United States. So that's another way that we can think about the anti-constitutionalism of the administrative state. That is to say, it inverts its priorities. It becomes intensely focused on things that legitimate government ought not to do, and it neglects the things that just government should do. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an incredible... Um, issue for our company right now. We've got 103 employees, um, more than half of whom are under 21 years old. Just did a survey with them last week. More than half will leave their job if they're forced to uh, take the vaccine or go through some complicated testing. We can't run our restaurants without our people. And it's not our, in my opinion, not our responsibility to be their health advisor on top of everything else. It's not, it's not possible to do all of it. So just to quickly follow up with you, you said you're at 103. Might you have to trim four people from the payroll in order to get under the 100? Hardest decision I'll probably have to make. Um, we're already short-staffed. Our goal is to put more people to work. It's been my goal and my passion for my entire career. Um, not something that I really would want to do. I think we're taking a wait and see on this. Okay. I don't want to have to mandate to my employees. I, they work for me. That should be the end of maybe my um, ability to influence them. I give them all the information that I can, but it just doesn't feel right to have to force them to do something okay. that, as minors, even their parents not want, might not want them to do either. Dad, it's a meter, no more. 
All right. Thomas Sowell said, it's hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. Let me just say this once more. It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions and putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. I'm wondering, I want to ask you, when is the last time that you saw any politician pay a great price for being wrong about a policy? It happens all the time. Look at our forests. Our, our, we have had, I've never seen this. I've lived here all my life. I've never seen entire summers where we couldn't see the sun because the forests were on fire because they won't allow us to manage the forest. Have you, I've never seen Oroville dam or the dams of California. So empty because they're dumping, they're dump intentionally dumping the water. I just talked to a rice farmer today, uh, before the show, he said that normally they plant about 500,000 acres of rice in California. And his guesstimate was that it was down to about 300,000. Why? Because they sent all the water. It isn't that it, we didn't get enough rain. They just sent all the water. They dumped it. We had it in the dams. They dumped it out. So, so the price of rice is way up, way up because farmers couldn't grow as much because the water, the politicians wouldn't give them the water. Do you think anybody's, do you, do you, do you uh, know of anyone that had any consequences politically over the debacle of the collapse of the Oroville Dam spillway a few years ago? Nobody, there's no consequences. People just get in government, get promoted. They just get more money and get promoted. This guy says, if you offered me a pair of scissors, but the scissors couldn't cut, uh, couldn't cut paper, I'd decline the scissors, wouldn't you? If you were offered a pair of scissors, but they didn't work, you'd decline them, right? It wouldn't mean that you're, you're an anti-scissors person. But this guy goes on to say, but because I'm not really interested in things that don't work or do what they're supposed to do safely... He said, apply this to whatever else you, you need to you need to think about right now, right? So if you offered me a pair of scissors, but the scissors couldn't cut, right? The vaccine doesn't do jack except make you sick. Why would I take it? I'm not anti-vax. I just don't want to put something in my body. It's terrible. We're not forcing you. We're not forcing you, they say. We're just taking away everything you need until you consent, right? This is communism, people. They call this choice. A former slave, famous uh, founder of America, Frederick Douglass, find out just what, what any people will quietly submit to. Listen to this. Find out just, this is a former slave people who got free. Find out just what people will quietly submit to, and you have the exact measure of the injustice and wrong which will be imposed on them. What are you going to be, are you going to let them run over you? Are you going to let them take everything from you? They're already talking about injecting your kids without your permission. I want you to think about it. Injecting your kids without your permission. You got a clue? You, you going to do this? I'm going to play you a clip now that is about the FBI. I used to think the FBI was wonderful. I used to, anyway, I just thought, oh, bring in the FBI. They'll, they'll help. They are so corrupt, not just at the top, not just at the top. They are corrupt all the way through. This is about the sex crimes perpetrated on our Olympic uh, female athletes. 
by Dr. Nasser and the FBI's complicity in this. This is about almost 10, mi- 10 minutes long, but it's great. And we're going to listen to it right now. Our nation's law enforcement agencies are entrusted to serve and protect the people, the vulnerable, the victims of heinous crimes. It is the most egregious violation of that trust when instead of protecting the vulnerable, they protect and enable perpetrators of these crimes to continue their evil acts. Now, the brave testimony that was given by Simone Biles, Ali Reisman, Michaela Maroney, and Maggie Nichols before the U.S. Senate yesterday was devastating and sickening. FBI agents were not only derelict in their duty, they actively chose to turn a blind eye to the abhorrent crimes that Larry Nassar committed. They chose to protect this rapist and pedophile who repeatedly molested these and hundreds of other girls. And when these girls cried out for help, when they had the courage to come forward to bring about justice to this despicable perpetrator, the FBI turned their backs on them. So this is a fact. The FBI was complicit in the sex crimes of a pedophile rapist. Just listen to Ali Reisman, one of Nasser's victims. The FBI and others within both USAG and USOPC knew that Nasser molested children and did nothing to restrict his access. Steve Penny and any USAG employee could have walked a few steps to file a report with the Indiana Child Protective Services since they shared the same building. Instead, they quietly allowed Nasser to slip out the side door, knowingly allowing him to continue his work at MSU, Sparrow Hospital, a USAG club, and even run for school board. Nasser found more than 100 new victims to molest. It was like serving innocent children up to a pedophile on a silver platter. So. Why aren't these FBI agents being prosecuted for their role in enabling Nasser to continue to rape and molest hundreds of girls? Why aren't they in jail? Why aren't they being held accountable? The sad truth is that this is yet another example of how there is one justice system for everyday Americans, and there is another for the elite, the powerful and connected is make no mistake, this is not an isolated incident. There are countless others whose cries for help have been and continue to be buried by a system and bureaucracy that's more concerned about protecting itself and their own than they are about actually holding perpetrators accountable for the crimes they commit. Now, someone very close to me who works in law enforcement was sexually assaulted by a co-worker on federal property. Supervisors and leaders were made aware of this crime. They were shown indisputable evidence that a felony was committed and they chose to do nothing. They did nothing. The perpetrator of this crime was never brought to justice. In order for our society to function under the rule of law, 
we the people must have faith that this justice system works, that it treats everyone equally. Unfortunately, that's not the reality in this country today. Our justice system is broken and it must be fixed so that we the people can truly have faith that no one is above the law, not law enforcement, not the politicians, not the rich or the powerful or connected. They should be held to the same standard as every other American. These FBI agents should be prosecuted and imprisoned for the crimes that they committed. I encourage you to listen to the testimony of Simone Biles and the other victims of Larry Nasser and the FBI. They speak for countless others whose voices have not been heard. I sit before you today to raise my voice so that no little girl must endure what I, the athletes at this table, and the countless others who needlessly suffered under Nasser's guise of medical treatment, which we continue to endure today. We suffered and continue to suffer because no one at FBI, USAG, or the USOPC did what was necessary to protect us. We have been failed and we deserve answers. Nasser is where he belongs, but those who enabled him deserve to be held accountable. If they are not, I am convinced that this will continue to happen to others across Olympic sports. In reviewing the OIG's report, it truly feels like the FBI turned a blind eye to us and went out of its way to help protect USAG and USOPC. A message needs to be sent. If you allow a predator to harm children, the consequences will be swift and severe. Enough is enough. As most of you are probably aware, I was molested by the U.S. Gymnastics National Team and Olympic Team Dr. Larry Nassar. And in actuality, he turned out to be more of a pedophile than he was a doctor. What I'm trying to bring to your attention today is something incredibly disturbing and illegal. After telling my entire story of abuse to the FBI in the summer of 2015, not only did the FBI not report my abuse, but when they eventually documented my report 17 months later, they made entirely false claims about what I said. After reading the Office of Inspector General's OIG report, I was shocked and deeply disappointed at this narrative they chose to fabricate. They chose to lie about what I said and protect a serial child molester rather than protect not only me, but countless others. I reported my abuse to USA Gymnastics over six years ago, and still my family and I received few answers and have even more questions about how this was allowed to occur and why dozens of other little girls and women at Michigan State had to be abused after I reported. In sacrificing my childhood for the chance to compete for the United States, I am haunted by the fact that even after I reported my abuse, so many women and girls had to suffer at the hands of Larry Nassar. USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee and the FBI have all betrayed me and those who were abused by Larry Nassar after I reported. The cover-up of my abuse and the FBI's failure to interview me for more than a year after my complaint are well documented in the OIG report. After I reported my abuse to USA Gymnastics, my family and I were told by their former president, Steve Penny, to keep quiet and not say anything that could hurt the FBI investigation. We now know there was no real FBI investigation occurring. While my complaints 
uh, with the FBI, Larry Nassar continued to abuse women and girls. During this time, the FBI issued no search warrants and made no arrests. In 2015, it was known that at least six national team athletes had been abused by Nassar. <clears throat> there was even one of the athletes that was abused on film. Given our abusers' unfettered access to children, stopping him should have been a priority. Instead, the following occurred. The FBI failed to interview pertinent parties in a timely manner. It took over 14 months for the FBI to contact me, despite my many requests to be interviewed by them. The records established that Steve Penny, FBI agent Jay Abbott, and their subordinates worked to conceal Nasser's crimes. Steve Penny arranged with the FBI to conduct my interview at the Olympic Training Center, where I was under the control and observation of USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. The day of my interview, Steve Penny flew to the Olympic Training Center and he made sure I was aware he was there. I felt pressured by the FBI to consent to Nasser's plea deal. The agent diminished the significance of my abuse and made me feel my criminal case wasn't worth pursuing. Special agent in charge of investigating Nasser met Steve Penny for beers to discuss job opportunities in the Olympic movement. And we are thankful that the Senate gave these victims the opportunity to share their heartbreaking stories of abuse. But they need to do more. They need to use their power and position to ensure that those complicit in these crimes are brought to justice. If they don't, they're basically sending a message to pedophiles throughout the country, especially those who have some power or influence that they will never have to pay for the crimes that they commit against our children. Days after presiding over the worst military disaster in American history, Joe Biden told us that his patience is running thin with those who have not agreed to be lab rats in the most massive human experiment in the history of mankind. Chastising those who have not yet taken the jab, he asked, What more do you need to see? Well, in just seven months, Biden has decimated the American economy, destroyed the livelihoods of millions of Americans, opened our borders to our enemies and allowed the massacre of at least 13 American soldiers. And he left Americans in Afghanistan to be tortured and murdered. And now his patience is running thin. Well, please allow me to test your patience just a little further. Did you know that Biden's vaccination mandates for every American don't actually apply to every American? That's right. There are some groups who are exempt. For example, United States senators and representatives are exempt. White House officials are exempt, likewise the judiciary. So these people who make the laws and execute the laws and then make judicial rulings about the laws don't actually have to follow the laws. They are exempt. Oh, and so are the members of their staffs. Isn't that interesting? Well, it gets worse. 
Those folks who work for vaccine makers Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson, they're exempt too. Oh, and so is everybody at the CDC and the FDA and the WHO. More interesting still. And oh, although American soldiers and sailors are required to take the shot, all those thousands and thousands of Afghan refugees, well, they're also exempt. Do you get it yet? Well, as Joe said, what else do you need to see? This is Michael Anthony Peruca for Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American view. That's right, we got AIDS out there. You think they're gonna cure AIDS? No. They can't even cure athletes' foot. They ain't curing AIDS, shit. They ain't never curing AIDS. They ain't never curing AIDS. <laughs> Don't even think about that shit. They ain't curing AIDS, because ain't no money in the cure. The money's in the medicine. That's how you get paid on the comeback. That's how a drug dealer makes his money on the comeback. That's all the government is, a bunch of motherfucking drug dealers on the comeback. They ain't curing no AIDS. <laughs> That's like Cadillac making a car that lasts for 50 years. And you know they can do it, but they ain't gonna do nothing that dumb. Shit, they got metal on the space shuttle that could go around the moon and withstand temperatures up to 20,000 degrees. You mean to tell me you don't think they can make an Eldorado with a fucking bumper don't fall off? They can, but they won't. So what they will do with AIDS is the same thing they do with everything else. They will figure out a way for you to live with them. So they don't cure shit, they just patch it up. Get you to the next stop so they can get more of your money. That's right, they ain't gonna cure it. Hopefully, in our lifetime, that's right, you're gonna see somebody go, yo, man, you weren't at work yesterday, what's up? Hey, my AIDS is acting up. You know, when the weather get like this, my AIDS just pop up. I took some robot testing. I'm fine now. My name is Julie Panessi, and this message is about mandatory vaccinations. I am a professor of ethics at Huron College at the University of Western Ontario. It's one of the largest universities in Canada. Today, I'm going to teach you a short lesson on the universally accepted ethics of coercing people into medical procedures. I'll be the example. My employer has just mandated that I must get a vaccine for COVID-19. If I want to keep working at my job as a professor, I have to take this vaccine. Here's my conundrum. My school employs me to be an authority on the subject of ethics. I hold a PhD in ethics and ancient philosophy. And I'm here to tell you it's ethically wrong to coerce someone to take a vaccine. If it happens to you, you don't have to do it. If you don't want a COVID vaccine, don't take one. End of discussion. It's your own business. But that is not the approach of the University of Western Ontario, which has suddenly required that I be vaccinated immediately or not report for work. So with the school year beginning in a few days, I am facing imminent dismissal after 20 years on the job because I will not submit to having an experimental vaccine injected into my body.
I've had plenty of vaccines in my life, but I've never been forced to take one. It's always been my choice. I don't work in a high-risk environment. I'm not a doctor in an emergency room. I'm a teacher. I'm a university professor. My job is to teach students how to think critically, to ask questions that might expose a false argument. Questions like, says who? Who is the authority giving this order? Should I trust them with control over my body? As a professor, I don't have to watch the news to find out if the COVID vaccines are safe. I read medical journals and I consult my colleagues who are professors of science and medicine. I've learned from doctors that there are serious questions about how safe these vaccines really are. There are questions about how well they work. Nobody's promising that I won't get COVID or transmit COVID if I get the vaccine. But ultimately, none of that matters to me because I'm a professor of ethics and I'm a Canadian. I'm entitled to make choices about what does and does not enter my body, regardless of my reasons. If I'm allowed back into my university, it's my job to teach my students that this is wrong. I'm hired to teach them that it is ethically wrong to impose an experimental medical procedure as a condition of employment. This is my first and potentially my last lesson of the year. Ethics 101. In the spirit of Socrates, who was executed for asking questions, this lesson will consist of only one question. The answer is multiple choice. Please listen carefully. When a person has done the same job to the satisfaction of her employer for 20 years, is it right or is it wrong to suddenly demand that they submit to an unnecessary medical procedure in order to keep their job? In this case, the procedure is an injection of a substance that has not been fully tested for safety. It has not yet been shown to be effective. It is designed to prevent an illness that poses little threat to the employee. The employee is not allowed to ask questions. She may only submit to the procedure or be fired. To my first year students, is this right or is this wrong? I already know the answer. Welcome back. Uh, We're not forcing you. We're just taking away everything you need until you consent. Is that the way you've been feeling? They call this choice. Frederick Douglass, famous slave who got set free, was a leader in early America, says, find out just what any people will quietly submit to you submit to and have the exact measure of the injustice and wrong which will be imposed on them. It's all about what you're willing to put up with, people. 
The concept of of the people, for the people, by the people, which isn't in the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence, but it's in early writings, was the concept that if you're not going to be involved, you're going to get your rights taken from you. It's just like sometimes I would come home and somebody would be on my front porch and say this house was theirs. Unless I, it doesn't matter whether you own the car. If you're going to let somebody take your car, you no longer have a car. That's just the way it is. You have no rights, even though they're in the Constitution, if you're not willing to fight for your rights. You understand what I'm saying? That's just the way this is. Um, there's a there's a photo here of a, of a gas station. It says, how's this for an idea? Buying gas uh, and you get the price by showing your registration card for voters. So if you're a Republican, you get $1.50 gas. That's what Republicans want. They want, they want cheaper prices, right? They want to explore for gas. They want fossil fuels. And if you want to be a Democrat, you pay $6.30 for your gas. Many friends have we brought up before, why don't certain states declare we're red states and anybody comes over here, this is what we're all going to stand for and what we're going to do. We're going to explore. We're going to extract we're going to have freedom uh we're not going to mingle in people's lives we're not going to have high taxes right uh and then you could have your democrat states that they can make up their own rules right they can have guys that okay you can uh, men can have sex with boys uh boys you can play on girls teams you can go into locker rooms right uh you can you can debate whether a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy. You can have all that. You can have the critical race theory. You can have reparations. You can have that. Do do that all over there, right? And uh, that's the way the, it's interesting to me. All the people that hate the United States, that live in the United States and are making a fantastic salary off the United States, hate the United States, but they don't want to leave and go anywhere else. But we have all these people at the border that are trying to break through to get through the border, Right. Uh, how about this point one in homeschooling new starts this year, homeschooling, everything that the state says is a lie. Number two, everything the state has, it is stolen. That's true. The taxes you have been taken from you have been stolen from you. How, how can you say that? Because you didn't give them up voluntarily. If you knew that if they, if, if you didn't give them up, uh, you were going to, uh, you were going to lose them by them taking them by force. They'll take your property. Somebody just told me that somebody lost their property because they never paid their taxes. So they just took it by force, took all their property. Oliver Cromwell, Cromwell's speech to the English Parliament on the 20th of April, 1653, describes today. He said, It's high time for me to put an end to your sitting in this place, which you have dishonored by your contempt of all virtue and defiled by your practice of every vice. Ye are a factious crew, and enemies to all good government. Ye are a pack of mercenary wretches, and would like, just like Esau, sell your country for a mess of pottage, and like Judas, betray your God for a few pieces of silver. Is there a single virtue now remaining among you? Is there one vice you do not possess? Ye have no more religion than my horse. Gold is your God, which is which of you have not bartered your conscience for bribes? Is there a man that has the least care for the good of the commonwealth? Ye sordid prostitutes, 
Have you not defiled this sacred place and turned the Lord's temple into a den of thieves by your immoral principles and picked practices? You're grown intolerably odious to the whole nation. You were deputed or deputed here by the people to get grievances redressed. Are your cells gone? So take away that shining bauble there and lock up the doors in the name of God. Just go. This person said, don't be fooled by a name. Black Lives Matter has little to do or nothing to do with black lives. Planned Parenthood has nothing to do with parenthood. And the Democrat Party has zero to do with democracy. He's, this guy says, if you've been persuaded and reminded and pressured and lied to and incentivized and coerced and bullied and socially shamed and guilt tripped and threatened and punished and criminalized. If all of this is considered necessary to gain your compliance, you can be absolutely certain that what is being promoted is not in your best interest. Do you remember the guy uh, in, in the, the Katrina hurricane when the entire city of uh, was led by the city of New Orleans was led by a criminal by the name of Ray Nagin, N-A-G-I-N. He ended up going to prison later uh, for selling his position. In other words, they do it all the time in Congress, but he got caught at, as a mayor and went away to prison. I think they gave him uh, 10 to 20 years or something like that. He got out in five. So during this, he, he, all these people, nobody had a car in New Orleans, uh, and so they're trying to get him out of town because the place is filling up with water. And uh, so, but Ray Nagin didn't have enough sense to uh, recruit people to drive the school buses. And people said, hey, why don't we just get people to drive the school buses, load them with people and take them all to Houston. He, he got indignant and said, no, I want Greyhound buses. So he just left the school buses to drown but there was a kid, a drug dealer named uh, Jabbar Gibson. And Jabbar Gibson became a hero. Jabbar Gibson and his friends said, we need to get out of town, but we don't have a car. So they, they were going to steal or get or steal a pickup or a truck. And it wouldn't run right. So they saw a bus going down the street and they stopped the guy and they said, oh, I got it out of the bus yard. So they went over to the bus yard and they found the keys rummaging around and they f fired up the bus which I guess was in for repairs. And this kid, he's just barely 20 years old. So he took a bus and he took off and he had some money because he's a drug dealer. And he started picking up people. He picked up his relatives and he just started picking up whoever he could. And he filled the, the, the bus with people. And he, it took him about 13 hours to get to the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Normally it would take about half that, but with all the craziness and he had to stop and there were roadblocks and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, his bus of all the buses out of, out of a new Orleans was the first to arrive. And, uh, he was a hero and I always got a kick out of him. He was just this youngster, never driven a bus, maybe never driven, maybe didn't even have a driver's license. But the police stopped and they let him drive all the way with all these people, many pregnant ladies, and uh, took them. But Ray Nagin was a uh, shameful mayor and blamed the U.S. government for his problems 
of being flooded and not knowing what to do with getting people out of town. And he had all kinds of help. He had advice from the federal government he wouldn't take and then blame the federal government in the end for all the problems that he faced. I'm not going to take a lot of time to talk about Ray Nagin, but he gave away millions of dollars in contracts and taken kickbacks and bribes. And a lot of these people like Rodney Williams, Frank Fradella, Michael McGrath, uh, let's see, Mike, Mike Magner, uh, just numbers of people went to prison for years and years and years and years and years for ripping off uh, the city's taxpayers uh, because they were uh, blessed by uh, Ray Nagin. I wanted to mention some people that, that helped me. Uh, we got a few minutes left here in our, our fifth segment, and then we'll, uh, we'll go to our uh, last segment of the night. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, I, yet today I was out at uh, Church of Glad Tidings. We we're getting ready to roof out there, and I went out. I was trying to get a donation of roofing paper. I got a donation, or we got a donation of uh, shingles from Owens Corning. Uh, they shipped them down from Portland, Oregon. Uh, wonderful people really were very helpful to us. And uh, so we needed some roofing paper. But when I went out there, I, I ran into uh, Will Fanning, who runs All Power Services. And he was out there welding, donating in time, welding on our steel fencing out there around our skate park. And it's uh, we didn't have any vandalism. We have very little vandalism from all the skaters. They they could clean up a little better, but basically they're having a great time out there, which is fine. So he was welding up fence areas that had been slid into by skaters flying through there and uh, popping some things loose. So he was strengthening and uh, rebuilding some of the fence areas, strengthening it so we don't have anybody injuring themselves. And uh, so anyway, I wanted to uh, give him a shout out. He has all power services. We've been talking about him. He's got a new business he's had for a few months. He and Josh James, they're doing great. All power services at 1469 Stewart road, Yuba city. They do anything that he does. He's really a master at, at a metal fat steel fabrication. If you need framework to put up a building or need to put on, build a truck bed or whatever you need, He's doing fabrication to strengthen our fence out at uh, around the skate park. Our fence, the skate park is built up off the ground several feet. So there's jumps and slopes and everything. So if we didn't have a fence around it, kids could come off and fall three or four or five feet to the ground. So we have it all fenced in. looks really cool. We're getting ready to paint it. So anyway, out at All Power Services, they, they do all kinds of stuff. Chainsaws, lawnmowers, weed eaters, tractors, motorcycles, vehicles. Uh, all-terrain vehicles so if you want to hook them up they'll get you done quick and they do great work it's uh you can reach them by phone at 530-844-0347 or you can email them at allpower1469 at gmail.com allpower at 1469 allpower1469 at gmail.com and uh, give them a shout out and uh they will they will do you up right and uh, some of my friends that run uh, tree services are bringing piles of their chainsaws and all their apparatus in uh, to take care of business over there and get them all back. So they're not having out buying new stuff. They just rebuild it and start with the same stuff ready to go. So uh, check them out. Also, uh, North Valley Paralegal, Nellie Garcia. 
doing a great business over there right on through COVID. She she was busy. They tried to shut her down. Isn't it amazing? The government and all its all its Karens tried to shut her down and said, well, you're not essential. She said, oh, really? Child custody cases aren't essential where we're trying to figure out what home kids are going to just going to stop and not deal with that. She refused to shut down. God bless her. And uh, it's called North Valley Paralegal. She's got a backbone. She's honest. She's caring. She works hard, works night and day for her clients. And you can reach her at 751 Sutter Street or dial her up at 530-751-9289. Everything an attorney, almost everything an attorney, not everything, but almost everything an attorney can do. She'll do better, cheaper, faster, more honest. So, uh, give her a call. Also, I wanted to mention Dr. Cassidy, Dr. Cassidy and I are working every week. We're working with people. In fact, this week, so my friends and I delivered one addict up to, uh, Salvation Army in Chico. That's a good place. If you need a place for, uh, residential, they have, in fact, they told me to tell people, at on Cohasset at the Salvation Army Rehab up there. They have room for men and women right now. There's vacancies. So get, if you got a, if you got people in your life that need a place, just go up there and have go have an interview and get in. I took a guy up there out of Yuba County Jail, got him out of jail, drove him up there, dropped him off. And then we put a lady um, on a train. Instead of driving to San Jose and back, we just drove to Sacramento, put her on a train, and Teen Challenge San Jose picked her up. It's a female. So if you are female, you need a program. Sometimes uh, uh, the Salvation Army is co-ed, so you can uh, go either way on that. Uh, but Teen Challenge, some of theirs are a lot of theirs are men, and they have a few women programs. So she went down to a woman program in uh, San Jose, but we just put her on the, on the on the uh, train to get her down there it was really a cool deal cost us just a just a little under forty dollars what a great deal so uh, also dr cassidy and i've been working to help get addicts off the street living out in the river bottoms and get them into treatment and so he is a doctor that not only takes care of just patients that don't have addiction problems but he is a specialist at addiction but uh we we have been getting people in we just made an appointment for a guy on the street today that I'm going to be actually picking up and taking over there in a few days. So if you have people that have addiction issues, all kinds of addictions, could be alcohol, could be drugs, could be cigarettes, could be whatever, we'll help you get what you need. <clears throat> we can help with Narcan prescriptions for opiate addicts <clears throat> to keep people from overdosing. You can bring them back. Uh, we can help pe people get people into treatment, residential treatment. We can get them on Suboxone. We could do a lot, but first of all, we're going to check them over. So the way to start is call Peachtree Health. It's 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and ask for Dr. Cassidy. And when they say what for, just say, if you don't need addiction, you just need a doctor, just say, hey, I'm not feeling well. But if you have addiction issues, just say addiction. That's good enough. If for some reason there's a problem, they don't, they don't sign you up, get you an appointment, then just uh, you can text Dr. Cassidy himself at 530-682-8648, 682-8648, and just say uh, your name and addiction and trying to get an appointment, and he will help you. If, if you think things aren't working out, just dial me up, 
1838. So Dr. Cassie and I have been working on this one gentleman who's a heroin addict on the street, and we're going to try to get him in and get him into a residential rehab eventually when he's ready. But we're he's got some health issues. We need to work on him and get him some uh, care. So we're going to actually deliver him. I'm going to pick him up and deliver him over there. Uh, he's got some uh, ambulatory issues. So, uh, again, 530, my number is 530-713-1838. So if you have any questions about what we can do, uh, just give me a shout-out, and we'll get your people. Listen, uh, we have all kinds of people. I'm working with people every single day that are in recovery. In fact, out at Glad Tidings, the guys that are putting together the roof, repairing vehicles, just because they're addicts doesn't mean they're not bright. They have a lot of skills. We got at Glad Tidings, we got loaded uh, loaded with skilled people that are beating their addiction. And uh, so our, our, our society, unfortunately, is full of addiction, but we can stop it and give people a brand new life. Let me check. I need to check how one, two, three, four. Okay, four. I'm, I fell off my time slot here, so I'm kind of winging it here for a second here, a few minutes before we get into our final hour, half hour tonight. Uh, also, I want to mention Thrifty Rooter. They're a new supporter. have been a huge help to me recently. And uh, Bill Artemenko, when he started Thrifty Rooter, when, when he had dark hair and I had dark hair, it must have been over 40 years ago, and uh, he reminded me of this recently, and uh, he's still at it, and he, his business is growing, 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 growing. So he's serving several counties, Yuba Sutter certainly, I think even up in Butte County, Placer County, maybe over in Calusa County, maybe other counties. I'll tell you where to find out for sure, and that's to go go to his website, which is thriftyrooter.net, thriftyrooter.net. Find out where he's working. He's got a whole list of things he does. They they pump your tank. If you've got a septic tank, you're out there, and you think, oh, man, I got everything's backing up. Septic tank's full. I don't know what's going on. My leach field's goofed up, or my lines are plugged up. They can fix all that. They actually have a list on their website where you can just put your name, your phone number, your address, and check off the things, your symptoms. It's like going to the doctor. And they will, they will as soon as they get that, boom, they will be on you and, and be following up with you and taking care of your business. So uh, I'm going to give you their number. So write it down, 530-673-8201. But you can go on their site, thriftyrooter.net. They are looking for workers, and they say, we will train you. If you're a good guy, you're a good lady, and you will, you're will you honest, you can pass a drug test, you're going to stay clean. Uh, you know, a lot of these people are not even worried about what your past is. They just want a person that's ready to go to work, will show up every day, do a good job, be kind to people. And, and just take care of, be kind and spread the love out there and do a good job. That's what we want. So Thrifty Rooters hiring. Uh, also, uh, Dave Greenitz, I was talking to him. I was, we were trying to line up a donation of uh, 20 rolls of tar paper or felt paper for the Church of Glad Tides. We're going to re-roof this building, 77 uh, squares of, of shingles. And he was, uh, we were talking today, in fact, about where to, where to get some paper. So, uh, I, and I just saw, on, if you check out his Facebook site, they just did an incredible kitchen with these kind of these, these uh, burnt red cabinets, uh, 
kind of a burnished red cabinets, beautiful cabinets, I, just a really bright, uh, and it shows before and after on how they did this kitchen, just a beautiful kitchen. Uh, I would love to have that kitchen. And uh, on his, uh, you can check out his Facebook site at Dave Greenitz, Green with E-T-Z on the end, Greenitz Construction, Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, or you can go to greenitzconstruction.com. And I bet he has those photos of this brand new kitchen. They just finished it. So he posts the kitchens and bathrooms before and after uh, what they did to change them, what they used to look like, now what they're like. And then he lists all the contractors. Even if you needed any of the contractors that he lists for just your own self and you don't need a kitchen done, all those contractors are tops in the industry. I know a couple of them, in fact, and uh, worked with them on projects. So uh, Greenwich Construction, if you want a kitchen, bath, entryway, deck built, uh, cabana built, round pools, all that kind of stuff, they do cool stuff. They even do whole house fans. I, I don't hear him talk about it that much any more but during the heat of course we're we're about done with the heat this year but whole house fans will save you a lot of money with pg&e so you can reach him at 530-682-9602 you can text him at 530-682-9602 when i called him today i don't even think the phone rang he just picked up the phone boom he said what do you need and he just answered the phone that's how fast he is so uh anyway uh, also, let me let me just finish up here. I got a couple more, and then we'll get back into it. Also, I, I want to give a shout-out to Ted Holmes, another guy that helps me on all kinds of projects, volunteer projects that I'm involved in. The Plumbing Doctor, they got uh, trucks that do all kinds of plumbing. They replaced my toilets here, saved me a lot of money, saved me a lot of water. They replaced hot water heater here. They replaced faucets here. I live in an old house, and uh, even if you don't have an old house, stuff just breaks and wears out. So Plumbing Doctor, 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. They'll even fix your water line coming in. Uh, okay, and finally, Monty Hecker, who's been one of my staunchest supporters for years, and uh, you can... Uh, you can reach him at uh, Elite Universal Security. He's looking for workers just like uh, Bill is over at uh, the Thrifty Rooter. He's looking for workers. He said, I will train you. Please come. We will put you to work, and we'll put you to work all over Northern California. So if you're listening from another county up in Northern California, give him a call at 530-749-0280. He's also helping me sort through people coming on our property. You know, you've always... We usually, we usually think of people stealing from you, but then there's people giving you stuff. They dump all their garbage on your property, or they dump all their concrete on your property. And at Church of Glad Tidings, we've had people dumping a lot of rubbish and furniture and lots of concrete, and, and it got totally out of hand. I'm trying to just clean it up, and I'm going to try to create—you ever heard of a a pump track? I'd never heard of such a thing. What they are is— a track where you build it for bicyclists, little guys and gals and big guys and uh, where there's jumps, but it's all not motor. It's not motocross. It's, it's all bicyclists. And uh, I'm thinking about converting this, this uh, triangle up where people used to dump concrete and garbage and just a big old mess. I've had all kinds of people helping clean it up and we're, uh, we're getting ready to uh, see almost, it's almost done got a little bit more concrete to get out of there rubbish and uh 
then we'll be ready to go and maybe we'll try to make a pump track i've got randy potts you know randy's towing and yuba sutter he's a great guy we've known him for years randy's towing's great if you ever need a tow and you don't have a free tow service and uh but he's going to maybe try to help us put in a pump track he's really into these bicycles so uh we're gonna we're gonna take a break here and then we'll be right back and we'll finish up our last segment San Francisco's mayor, London Breed, now at the center of a firestorm over her own mask mandate. Mayor Breed defiant after she was caught on camera not wearing a mask inside a nightclub. And I was sitting with my friends and everyone who came in there was vaccinated. So the fact that we have turned this into a story about being maskless, no, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, eat and put my mask on. While I'm eating and I'm drinking, I'm going to keep my mask off. So the fact that this is even a story is sad. So Nicki Minaj has been getting a lot of media attention for speaking out against cancel culture after Twitter put her on hold for questioning the vaccine. Many conservatives now consider her a champion for their cause, but not so fast. Controlled opposition is a common tactic used to quell public dissent. It's when you destroy your enemy by making them your friend. Allow me to explain. Because of the Tuskegee syphilis study conducted from 1932 to 1972 on black American males, the American urban community does not trust medical experiments conducted by the government, and rightfully so. However, due to circumstances which I'll cover in another video, this vaccine experiment has a very narrow window of profitable gains that the pharma companies are depending on. So they need as many Americans as possible to get on board. But how can they get around the urban community's hesitancy? Well, at first, they used well-known celebrities to endorse the vaccine. Of course, there's no way of knowing if these were paid endorsements or if the celebrities were even vaccinated. But still, it seemed to work on most Americans. However, when the integrity of these endorsements were questioned by the public, many saw these celebrities as sellouts. So now what are the powers that be going to do? Easy. Find a noted celebrity with a long established career who has enough followers, street cred, and let's be honest, beauty, to pose as an opposing force. This celebrity will be vocal in their opposition and may even suffer economic consequences for their willingness to stand up against tyranny. At least that's how it should look. Enter Nicki Minaj. She's the perfect candidate. She even canceled her performance for MTV's VMA Awards. Was this part of the optics? We don't know. Did she get paid to cancel? We don't know. But she did get an invitation to call the White House and have her questions about the vaccine answered. Hmm. My prediction is that she'll get an invite to the White House and have her questions answered by Lord Fauci himself. Then she'll emerge as a true believer that the vaccines are safe and effective, followed up by a photo op of her getting the vaccine or some type of shot that will be told is the vaccine. And millions of Americans who were once hesitant will jump on board. 
and profits will be made, and peace will return to the land. But I could be wrong. And maybe Nicki Minaj will be the hero that we need to break the system. Time will tell. In the meantime, pick up my book, Politicate, on Amazon for more on manipulation tactics and fallacies. God bless you all, and God bless America. This is my son, Cameron. He attends Leander High School, and um, I'm gonna explain to you the book that he received, but Mr. McKay, I pray you're a man of your word. Last week, I asked my children if I could check the books that they've picked up from the school. My son picked up this brand new book from the shelves in class, Lawn Boy. He was under the impression it was about a kid that ends up with a gig mowing the grass at Disneyland. I'd like to share a few quotes with you. This first one, just turn it around. On page 19, not that it really matters in fourth grade at a church youth group meeting out in the bushes, I touched Doug Goebel's dick and he touched mine. In fact, there, were, there was even some mouths involved. Next one, page 91. What if I told you I touched another guy's dick? What if I told you I sucked it? I was 10 years old, but it's true. I put Doug Goebel's dick in my mouth. I was in fourth grade. It was no big deal. He sucked mine too. And you know what? It wasn't terrible. Page 174. I don't know if I quoted, if I made a sign for this one. Yeah, I did. Um, he talked about old times at the church, but never mentioned our penises or the fact that he never said 10 words to, to me after our little foray in the bushes. Not a single reference to holding or tugging or sucking dicks. All I could think about while he was chatting me up was his little salamander between my fourth grade fingers rapidly engorging with blood. Page 230, I didn't make a sign for this. Why won't you admit we sucked each other's dicks? We shared a Hershey's bar, then you showed me your dick. The next thing I know it's in my mouth, we sucked each other's dick, and you're pretending it didn't happen. What sort of diversity are you intending to teach my child with material like this? In addition, I'll share with you the exceptional quality of vocabulary. I stopped counting on page 66 after 44 fucks and 41 shits. The depravity of the content on the shelves in our schools cannot be mitigated with policy EF. At this point, I need you to know that according to policy FFH, hold this one please, Local sexual harassment is defined as unwanted sexual advances, sexually motivated verbal, nonverbal conduct or other conduct or communication of a sexual nature when the conduct is so severe, persistent or pervasive that it affects a student's ability to participate in or benefit from an educational program or activity or otherwise adversely affects a student's educational opportunities or creates an intimidating, hostile educational environment. What sort of educational environment do you think the plethora of sexually graphic books selections create for my children or for any child for that matter? Um, I won't go into my fourth grade daughter, but we, we don't, this is not a thing for fourth graders. Who normalizes sex acts between fourth graders? I'll tell you who, pedophiles. So it's fortuitous that you invited the Leander Police Department to visit tonight so that we can talk about. All right, well, one other comment about elite universal security. 
Let me give their website, API-Academy. If you're interested in getting, maybe you're young and you're too young to start in law enforcement and you can't get on as a reserve or something, or or a, uh, what do they call it, cadet, uh, you can learn some stuff through API-Academy.com. And they, they train you in some courses like on Taser, Mace, all that kind of stuff. They can also help you. You can go to their range. You can start qualifying. You can start uh, getting your uh permits if you want to get a permit to carry a concealed weapon but uh, they will begin training you to be a guard and then you can just convert right over and go into law enforcement if that's your occupation of choice so just something to think about uh so elite universal security and api-academy.com check it out and uh, they can help you uh move on in your life and do good so okay um I'm just going to go down here and try to pick up. I told you about my New Orleans favorite guy. Unfortunately, just the rest of the story on Jabbar Gibson, he ended up, after all the heroics in uh, Katrina, ended up still getting back into the drug dealing, getting in trouble and all that kind of stuff. It's sad. So uh, that's just something that's, that's, that's going on here with him. Uh, Oh, by the way, have you thought of this? How did all the Haitians, where did all the Haitians come from? How did thousands of Haitians show up in at that bridge in Texas or that overpass in Texas just out of the blue? Because they, they had to go overland for thousands of miles, right? Through Mexico. So Haiti, you, you know Haiti? That's where uh, Camelot's folks are part of Camelot's people are from Haiti, right? So Haiti's an island, right? So they had to come by boat and they went over to Mexico and then came up into Texas, right? But we're talking not, not like we're not talking about 50 or 20 or a family of eight. We're talking about thousands. 14,000? There's a... It, I wondered if they... Have you ever heard of a concept called teleport? Teletransport? The, I, check this out in the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, check it out. You'll get a kick out of it. It's in the book of Acts. A-C-T-S, not A-X. Like Acts. It's Acts. A-C-T-S. Acts 8, that's a chapter. And then sentences or verses, they call them verses if you never read the Bible. I'm not making fun of you. I, I never read the Bible until I was out of, out of college. I dropped out of college, but when I went took English Lit, and they would give a passage in the English literature course from the Bible, I didn't even know what that meant, like M-A-T-T or M-A-T-H, 6, colon, 10 hyphen 12. I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't even know what, how to read that. So Acts 8 colon 34 through 40. Go read that. And it's about, about a guy named Philip who was used by God and God told him to go and he was going to sit, if he went over and he just told him prophetically, go over here and you're going to meet this Ethiopian eunuch. If you don't know what a eunuch is, I'm not going to explain it to you because I don't have time. Look it up in the dictionary or online or something, however you do that. 
an Ethiopian eunuch. He was in a chariot. And he and the guy was in his chariot reading out of a book of the Bible. And so Philip says to him, uh, do you want me to explain that to you? He said, yeah, I'd like to. I don't understand what I'm reading. I'm reading it, but I don't understand what it all means. So he did that, and then there was water there, and they baptized him, right? The interesting thing is the next thing is that it's, it said the Spirit of God transported Philip. In other words, there wasn't a Lyft driver. They called Lyft. They couldn't get anybody to answer the phone. Uber, nobody answered the phone. No trains, right? No Greyhound. So God just transported. The Bible says, the, and I know if you don't believe in miracles or the supernatural, you just think I've lost my mind. But I'm not doing, I don't have any drugs on board, not smoking weed tonight. So the Bible says, read it for yourself. Acts 8, colon, 34 through 40. And it talks about that the Holy Spirit transported Philip to another city where God wanted him to do something else. He just saved him some time, right? So did the Haitians get transported? 14,000 Haitians get transported? Or did George Soros and, uh, you know, some of the people that helped Dr. Mengele Liu, uh, our health officer, was funded to come to this country, you know, to, to after she came to this country, to go through college and all her medical school by the Soros Foundation. Not That's George's brother. They're same, same. The brother's dead. But the, they got the same philosophy, communist, socialist, right? So uh, anyway, uh, we got 14,000 people that just all of a sudden they just made it up to this overpass or this bridge. It's magical, just magical. You know, they, they didn't do that under Trump. They, but when the Democrats get in there, all these people just show up. So, um, okay, let me move on down here. I'm going to skip that because we already talked about that. Talked about Catholic schools. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Now, Project Veritas, which is a guy named James O'Keefe, started this. And... Uh, they did. They started by doing undercover journalism. In other words, talking to people and filming them, uh, and they where the people tell uh, very strange things, and they they tell truthful things, and you don't realize they didn't realize who they were telling it to. They're talking to a journalist, which is legal as long as you're in a public place. And so, for instance, they have caught people. Uh, in abortion clinics talking to underage girls and says, yeah, we won't tell your parents. We'll go ahead and give you the abortion or give you a pregnancy, you know, uh, what they call birth control pills, or we'll do this abortion or we'll do this or that. And they're actually brought in there by adult men who are not their parents uh, who have been having sex with them. And they got them on film uh, getting these 12, 13 year old kids abortions. And uh, then they got uh, doctors on film that work for Planned Parenthood that were selling the baby parts. And nobody, no, if you told, if I told you that they were selling baby parts in America, just like we sell car parts, used car parts, uh, you probably wouldn't believe me. But it took an underground deal to expose that. And then Kamala Harris and uh, 
Xavier Becerra, the two two successive attorney generals, attorneys general of the of the uh, California, both prosecuted this work of doing this undercover journalism instead of like praising them and thanking them for the atrocities, right? These are like Joseph Mingala type atrocities where you part out babies and sell the baby parts and make a profit. It's like, you know, getting a box of chicken wings or, or wings and thighs. That's what they're, they're selling uh, baby parts. So anyway, this is where James O'Keefe cut his teeth. But now uh, he has interviewed, he's interviewing a top uh, supervisorial nurse at the University, uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, Hospital in called the Phoenix Indian Medical Center, run by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It's a federally run Indian Medical Center in Arizona. And so there's a lady that works there named Jody O'Malley. She's an RN. She's a federal employee, and she's a whistleblower, and she just goes right on film with, uh, and she knows what she's doing. This isn't a surprise. She goes on film with uh, James O'Keefe, and she tells the horrors taking place, the COVID horrors taking place at the hospital. Not only people are people getting sick and dying, uh, but the government is trying to cover it up while depriving patients of medicines that could actually help them. So they're forbidding them to have pay- medicines that would fix them right away, cheap medicines like ivermectin hydro- hydro- hydroxychloroquine, and they're giving them other medicines that are killing them. So in the video, you can actually see the video on Brighteon, Bright Eon, E-O-N, Brighteon, one word, Bright, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com. And O'Malley talks to Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe about the situation at the Indian Medical Center, Phoenix, Arizona. The two discussed footage that was captured of other doctors at the government-run facility admitting that Fauci flu shots are full of SHIT. They actually say it in the video. These are top doctors at the, at the these are top doctors working for the federal government calling them Fauci flu shots are full of shit, okay? One physician, Dr. Maria Gonzalez, who works in the emergency room at Phoenix Indian Medical Center, is seen expressing upset and concerned about the continued use of Chinese virus injections, which are not backed by any science. Did you know, you remember they say they didn't have time to do animal studies? They did some. Every animal, every rhesus monkey that they tried the the vaccines on, died, 100%, right? All of them, todos. She, this doctor says these vaccines are not backed by any real science. I'm so sick of people saying, you just need to follow the science. Quote, the problem in here is that they are not doing the studies, Dr. Gonzalez says. People that had COVID and the people that have been vaccinated, they're not doing any antibody testing to check the resistance these people have. So uh, so let, let me just read you. This is an actual, uh, you can listen to this at, on Brighteon. 
in this particular clip, O'Malley was having a conversation, Nurse O'Malley with Dr. Gonzalez, and agreeing with her. O'Malley then addressed a patient who immediately, after getting a second dose of the injection, suffered serious adverse reactions. What were they? I'm going to tell you. This is a quote. Now, you've got this guy in room four who got his second dose of COVID vaccine on Tuesday and has been short of breath. Now, that's what happened to my friend in Vietnam, Nathan. As soon as he got it, he got a tremendous headache within a few days and got very short of breath. So she says, okay, now his BNP is elevated. Uh, She lists a bunch of other medical terms. All his liver enzymes are elevated. His PTPTINR is elevated. Dr. Gonzalez then responds about the patient. He's probably got myocarditis. Remember, I told you that's inflammation around the heart. All of this is bullshit. This is she says it right on the video. This is a doctor talking like this. Now, probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. But but now they, meaning the government, are not going to blame the vaccine. O'Malley then responds that the government has a legal duty to report the complications, to which Gonzalez admits that the reporting is not happening because they want to shove it under the mat. These are doctors and nurses talking at the Phoenix Indian Clinic or hospital. Uh, then we have... Uh, this another subsection hospital worker who didn't want to take the COVID jab, but was threatened dies following injection. So the, the, this is the case. This is the same hospital. The case the two were speaking about involved a 30 something year old patient who ended up being diagnosed with congestive heart failure after taking the jab. It was not reported and neither would any of the dozens of other similar cases that were observed at the facility in recent days. So what the so this is a quote. So what so what the responsibility on everyone is is to gather the data and report on it. O'Malley then said to Doctor Gonzalez, the nurse said to the doctor, "If we're not gathering COVID vaccine data and reporting it, then how are we going to say that this is safe and approved for use?" As it turns out, there's not been any reporting going on for the past nearly two years which O'Malley and Dr. Gonzalez both admit is super fishy. At, at much risk to herself, Nurse O'Malley decided to finally come forward after a co-worker of hers who did not want to get the jab was coerced into doing so, even though it went directly against her sincerely held religious beliefs. This individual fell seriously ill about two weeks after getting jabbed. That's the same thing that happened to my friend Nathan. Serious headache, big headache, Serious fever, couldn't breathe, and then went into a coma. Then they said he's got leukemia. That's that's the one of the one of the adverse reactions is a is the platelets in your blood are malfunctioning. It's a leukemia is a blood disease. After getting the jab, and had never gotten sick once. In the 18 months prior to working, prior working in an unvaccinated, as an unvaccinated, in other words, she was in the, this, this nurse, worked in the ICU all during COVID, unvaccinated, never got sick. Then after she got the jab, became so ill they had to hospitalize her. It was only after this that this person took the injection under duress that she got sick and died. 
She died, people. And they're not reporting it. They're not reporting it because they're liars and corrupt. She didn't want to take, you know why a lot of people down the line won't say anything? Because they're getting paid and they don't want to lose their job because they got to make the payment on the house and the car and all their credit cards and their kid has to go to school. So they're killing people. They're killing people. Just like the nurses in Nazi Germany killed people. Because, 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 because they all have excuses. Go ahead. Look up. The nurses that murdered people in Nazi Germany. There's a there's a one hour. I'll get the link and you can send it. If you want the link, you you send me your email and I will send you the link. I'll send you the link. You can just click on it and you watch for an hour. It will shock you. But it's exactly what's going on in America today, people. People that you have great respect for are killing people. It's just like the nurses did in Nazi Germany injecting people and putting through on remdesivir and putting on people, putting people on ventilators. It's killing people instead of putting them on ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Do you know then in the province or the state of India called Uttar or Udar Pradesh, U-D-D-A-R Pradesh, they have 260 million people. They had an outbreak of COVID. They started treating everyone immediately with ivermectin plus some other things. But ivermectin, they have completely eradicated the problem in Uttar Pradesh. 260 million people. They shamed America. And we're, we're having pissing contests over here over ivermectin. So finally, O'Malley says she did not want to take the vaccine because of her religious beliefs and she was coerced into taking it. How was she coerced? You think they held a gun to her head? No. They know people are under pressure in the United States. They got all kinds of bills to pay, right? They counted on having this job. So they said, You're gonna, we're going to fire you if you don't take the shot. So now she's, she's fired. She's in eternity. Hospital workers threatened with termination for administering ivermectin to patients. O'Malley and others at the Indian Medical Center recognize that many of the sick and dying patients they see every single day could be helped with ivermectin. The problem is that they have all been threatened with termination if they give people ivermectin. You know you can buy ivermectin at most feed stores because it, uh, it's, a, it, it, it's an anti-parasite product, but it kills COVID. It stops COVID in its tracks. Part of the... Uh, Part of the above footage you'll see if you go to Brideon shows another employee arguing with O'Malley about ivermectin, explaining that she does not want to risk her job by giving it to patients, even if it could save their life. You see what I'm saying about nurses? They weigh what they're doing to the patient with what, how, the effect of their job. Now, some people, Simone Gold, you know, it's one thing. She maybe she was better well off. She was a doctor and an attorney at an emergency room in the Bay Area. She kept giving people hydroxychloroquine to stop COVID and they fired her for it. Why? It's all about money. It has nothing to do with science. It has nothing to do with health. It has everything to do with how much money a hospital is getting per patient that they put on remdesivir and put on uh a ventilator, they get $39,000 a piece for them. Think about it, people. These administrators are just holding their nose 
and doing what they're told. Because they say, if you don't do this, then we're not going to give you any money for these people. Well, I just ran us out of time. So, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. And uh, hang in there. Don't take the jab. Don't do it. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Sugar to kiss.